What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new episode coming right at you. But real quick, just a word from those fine folks that bring you the show every week. Our lovely sponsors. First and foremost, we are brought to you this week by Spearmint Rhinos, Dames and Games, Top of Sports Bar and Grill. Guess what? August 8th, Van Nuys. We are back cage size for Caliente Cage Rage. Come out, watch the beautiful Rhino Girls throw down in Caliente Cage Rage is insane i'll be cage side with a bunch of guests doing and now we drink it's gonna be a lot of fun if you want to come in cover free say my name at the door once again that is at spearman rhinos dames and games top of sports bar and grill in van nuys at 14626 raymer thursday august 8th come out let's do some shots we are also brought to you by the video versions of now we drink the video versions are available now on vimeo check out the madness in Full HD, six bucks a month gets you all the episodes streaming every month, or buy the episodes you want for 99 cents a piece. Drinking Buddies, you will not be disappointed. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at Gamefly. Gamefly.com has over 8,000 new releases and classics available to rent for Xbox One, Xbox 360, PS4, PS3, PS Vita, Wii U, Wii, and 3DS, as well as the old school systems. As a Gamefly member, you can run as many console and handheld games as you want and get them delivered right to your mailbox for one low monthly fee. If you like a game so much that you want to send it back, you can keep it for a low use price. There are never any due dates or late fees. Gamefly also offers the ability to rent Blu-ray and DVD movies as part of the regular service and no additional charge. Drinking buddies, video games are expensive. Before you drop your hard-earned coin on a new game, check it out on Gamefly. Make sure it's for you. And if you want to do that, sign up today for a premium 30-day trial for free. One game out, ship directly to you with a pre-addressed envelope for easy returns. No contracts, cancel anytime. So go to www.gameflyoffer.com slash A-N-W-D. Once again, that is www.gameflyoffer.com slash A-N-W-D. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club, the best damn record of the month club. In fact... Every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please and has features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. Can't beat it. Rad vinyl, rad art, a little uh, cocktail recipe to wet your whistle. And Vinyl Me Please isn't like Record of the Month Clubs of Old. It's month to month, no strings attached, cancel anytime. Check it out today at www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. This week, my guest is author slash male stripper, Andrew Long. This was a lot of fun. We just tell some stripping stories, some hooking up stories. Ah. Also, before I forget, oh, check out Andrew's book, Tales from the Strip, on Amazon. Just search Tales from the Strip by Andrew Long. It's available in audiobook, paperback. Be sure to check it out. But in the meantime, sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy drinking buddies. When aliens come to take over.
is going on, Eddie? Welcome to the humble abode. This is great. Fucking, we've been bullshitting outside for the last like 45 minutes to an hour. Like, eh, probably half that shit should have been on air. Watching you smoke that fat cigar. Yeah, I'm a bad host. I should have just, I should have offered you one. No, no, no. It's fine. I get a little lightheaded when I smoke cigars. I usually smoke marijuana. Oh, that I, that is like the one party favor I don't have to offer. And I, I smoked earlier, so. You smoked, you drank. I you, smoked, I drank. You rub one out too, just so you're all relaxed? I didn't. I had a female friend. Even better. So I, I'm saving it up. I try not to jerk off as much anymore. I try to like keep the chi within me. See, yeah, man, I gotta get, I just get the poison out. I just gotta get it. It backs up in the back of my brain and it just shit goes bad. And <laughs> yeah. Gotta get the poison out. Sometimes if I'm going to like edit or be like in front of my computer for many hours, I'll, I'll like, especially when I'm writing, whenever I'm writing stuff, I, I have to jerk off because my mind starts to wander. So I'm like, oh, wait, I'm fucking, I'm like looking at my phone or, so then I'm like, hold on a minute and I'll jerk off and then I'll be like, all right, let's get back to work. So what sort of stuff are you jerking off to? You know, I've been addicted to Pornhub for many years. I've been addicted to Pornhub for many years because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a young guy. I'm a handsome guy. I don't want to pay for anything. I'm cheap fuck. So I, Pornhub was great. Their, their videos are limited. So I've been jerking off to the same videos for a fucking decade. But um, yeah, I just kind of, whatever's on Pornhub. And then, you know, sometimes I'll go in spouts where I'm like, all right, no watching porn. How long does that last? All of like five minutes? It lasts like a week or two. And then I'll, I'll like jerk off to um, like a girl I'm dating or whatever. I'll like, I'll try my best, you know? Uh, but my tastes vary throughout the years. What, what's the current flavor of the week? Um, well, now, because I started talking to this, this girl, Caucasian girl, very uh, curvaceous. Now I'm into kind of that like curvy white girl type look. Fat ass white girls? Yeah, but I've always loved uh, like curvy milfs. So like, what's her name? Kendra Lust and, and the other one I've, I've always been a fan of. Um, it's a go-to. But believe it or not, I lost my virginity to a black girl. Nice. Who ran track in high school. Sprints, mind you. Relays. Were you guys on the track team together? I, I didn't run track and she actually went to the other school like on the other side of town, but... Yeah, the first girl I ever dated was like a, a black girl who had like a six pack and a big butt and she like ran sprints and she could dance. She set the bar high, man. Just constantly chasing that lost glory. What happened to her? Did you just bang it out once and then she ran away from you? Or? You know what? I didn't appreciate her. I was a yuppie and I was like, oh no, you know, she's not good enough to date me, but she, she was. And so we kind of were like on again, off again throughout high school. And then I would try to date girls that I thought were more like appropriate for me to date, little white girls that were like cheerleaders or like popular. And then in the bedroom, it just wouldn't add, it wouldn't add up. It wouldn't stack up. So I'd always go back. And then uh, she got bitter, which, you know. Rightfully so. Yeah. So she started like later on, like in college, she started dating like my like one of my good friends, which is weird. Do you think she did it out of spite or because she legitimately was into him or how did it start off? Like, I think it was a mix. Uh, I, and I, my issue wasn't with her. It was with him. Well, that's always the case. You know, at that point, you have no social contract with her. She's free to do whatever the fuck she wants. 
So it's not on her if she dates your friend. Your friend has a social contract with you. He's your friend. Yeah, I don't care how hot this girl is. If you if you fucked her, if you guys have hooked up, that's one thing. I'd be like, hey, listen, man, we got to talk. Like, you you hooked up with her one time three years ago, bro. Like, sorry, but you, I didn't see a stamp with your name on it. But if you dated her, if you had a relationship, she's out. She's gone. It's over forever. I don't know. I don't necessarily agree, but it very least should be a discussion. If it was a serious relationship, and depending on how much time has passed between the relationship, yo, as my guy, I should roll up to you and be like, yo, man, your ex, I got feelings. Ah. And see where it goes. Like, at least have that discussion with you. you Not just. I, and you know what I would say? Matt, there's 20 million fucking people in the city. Do me a favor, bro, since we're cool. Find another monkey to go hump him. Like, just can we please? Can you not please? But what if I was like, I'm, I'm all about her. I'm, there's just she run. She's running through my mind, and I I can't sleep. I'm just I'm all about her. But this has layers. If we're in a social circle, I have a new girlfriend. Obviously, my new girlfriend has heard of my old girlfriend. And now my old girlfriend is at all the social functions because of you, and you've brought her here. Why are we doing this? Because, you know, the dick wants what the dick wants sometimes. We could have a discussion, but I'm a, I'm a big um, I'm a big pursuer of new things. And why revisit the past? Why do that? Why murk the water when right now it's clear? I, I don't get it. Listen, there was a few girls. Now, we, I had an issue one time with a friend because... He liked a girl. He really liked a girl, but they never had any sort of physical connection. And then circumstances permitting, she kind of, she found herself into my, my cave. She found herself in, in my lair as opposed to his. And he took issue with that. My rebuttal was, bro, you guys never had a relationship. Your feelings, I understand and I respect, but that's not claim. That's not. Well, there's no claim. I at all because she's made her fucking choice yeah she's a fucking human being who has agency and she chose you now if she was with you i met her with you she's dating matt for 16 months she's humping matt like a wild animal for 16 months and now she wants to come over to my lair and you have an issue with that or i feel like you, i won't even bring it up to you but if i i know you well enough to be like nah he's not gonna be cool with this you're she's done she's gone well and block delete remove whatever that, that's good on you. I, on the other hand, don't care. Like Personally, like if it's over, they're fucking people, man. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. We're not together anymore. She owes me nothing. One of your boys, though? Hey, if she makes him happy, you know, why don't I want to see my friend for happy? Touche. You know, hey, one of my you know, best guy friends, if it fucking it works out better with her, what, you know, what happens if they get together, they fucking get married, they have kids, and I would have fucking blocked that? His lifetime of fucking happiness? That's a dick move on my part. To be fair, a lot of this happened 10, 12 years ago. Oh, if you had asked me 10, 12 years ago, it would be a whole different That's story. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, you're like, right. I could have this discussion now very differently than before. Yeah, you can't. Believe me, if you wanted to judge me by 1990s high school, <laughs> yeah, early 20s. Yeah. Matt, oh, that'd be all completely different. Exactly. Like, so you're right. I guess we could have a discussion these days. 
but you get life experience behind you. You learn to, yeah. I mean, that's just part of part of the fucked up part of the culture. Is like we as dudes are kind of kind of trained to be like, oh, that's my girl, like almost like their property, like they're a prize. We're, tell me that isn't instilled at you at a young age. Every fucking story, like the guy gets the girl. Oh yeah, well, in my family, we we put women on a pedestal, but it's very male dominant. Like we're we're a lion's den. Where all you know, me, me, my, my, my older brother and my dad, very like lions with their fucking manes out and their claws out, like, and we have we have females in our den, but I mean, it's gonna take a real fucking dominant dude to come in and like date my sister or be part of our crew. So I totally get that. Like we're we're it's funny we we put women on a pedestal, but at the same time, like the men in our family are very like walk around with their chest out machismo i mean my dad was taking me to fucking john claude van damme movies when i was six years old i had no filter <laughs> Do you, is that more of a latin culture thing or is it just where you came up or? well it's, it's interesting my mom's my mom's mexican but my dad's irish big irish dude with big irish balls so they're very similar the mexican and the irish cultures are very like good catholics yeah good catholics and and very just like here's my big irish balls you know so i remember being a kid and like my dad would think it was sissy for me to like change shirts at let's say like Ross or Target, like go to the dressing room. If I had to change a shirt, it would be like very feminine of me to like go to the dressing room. He'd be like, just do it here. You're a boy. See? He laid the groundwork for your future career right there. He did. He did. He's like, you're gonna be an exhibitionist. Yep. Take t- hey, who cares? And then I'd be like, oh dad, he's looking around like, what do you fucking care about these people? Don't be a bitch. Like, be a man. And then it's funny, as I grew up, I noticed like if I was with friends and we were going to go in the pool and there was that one friend that needed to go like change in the corner, it was almost like very sissy-like in my mind. Like, what? You know what I mean? It's funny how you, your childhood shapes you because I, I remember thinking one time my friend would always do that and I'd always kind of look down on him like, what a, what a pussy. You know what I mean? But he just had different life experiences. Yeah. And, but as a child, we don't think about that. We don't think about like... Hey, we may be in the same social circles, but you may have very different experiences than me. Yeah. Well, I, I learned that when I moved to LA and I had a roommate, cool guy, didn't grow up around a lot of women though. Whereas I did, I had my Nana, Latin lady, mom, Latin lady, sister, Latin lady. I was always good with the ladies. So I, and you know, and the women in my family are very touchy feely. So I was always used to like ladies and he wasn't, he's like Eastern European, you know, hello, how are you today? You know, you know what I mean? Like at the dinner table. Oh, that looks good. You had a good day. And um, so when we lived together and girls would come over, I noticed like when girls would come over, I would kind of get a little more kind of like feminine and I would kind of become one of them. Whereas he went the other route where he would kind of like puff his chest out and go put on cologne and be like, very like, hey, there are girls here. And it made for an interesting dichotomy and it didn't really work because I'm like, dude, I, I go the other route. Like I get real kind of cutesy and fun and I, I break down those barriers. And when you come around, you go to your room, you put on fucking Nautica cologne or whatever you're putting on and you walk back out with a new shirt. The girls, it's funny because one time he came home and these girls were there. I'd taken photos of them and they're all kind of relaxing and their underwear chilling or, or whatever, you know. And then he, he came in, he didn't see them. He walked into his room and they said, oh, he's, he seems nice. I said, yeah. And he, he must have heard them giggling. So he comes back out five minutes later, new outfit, fucking cologne on. 
and you could see the girls like shell up. Like you could, you could see them go from like laying, lounging like carelessly to like putting on the like girl mode. Yeah. They're, they're putting their guard up because they're like, yep. oh shit, we're praying now. Yeah. Whereas my dick was just as hard as his, but the difference was, is the way I, I do it. It's like, oh, we know Andy's straight, but like, he's so cool. You bamboozled them. I, I bamboozled them. That, that's part of my, my decor. I find the dudes that are actually like the real lady killers are generally raised by women, have like female siblings and have just been around women their whole fucking life. And they're just like, it, it's not a mystery to them because they've been around it their whole fucking life. I, I got that when I when I first started dancing. There, I'd go to parties and girls would be like, I'd, I'd walk in and some girl would go, oh my God, don't, don't touch me, don't look at me. And I would go, hey, I don't want to touch you and I don't want to look at you. My name's Andy, how are you? And she'd be like, I, I, Sarah. I'm like, Sarah, nice to meet you. Sit down, enjoy the show. You're good, babe. Nobody's, you know, you're fine. Don't worry about it. And... It's if I wasn't used to being around women and knowing how women are, how temperamental they can be, and and knowing that every guy in the fucking planet is trying to fuck them, which is why they act the way they act, it would throw me off. Because I I've tried like recruiting other guys that look good or better than me, but then we would go to the parties and they just would rub girls the wrong way, and I'd be like, why did you do that move? And they'd be like, oh, trust me. I'm like, nah, dude, you don't fucking know. You fucked up. Like that was the wrong fucking move. It's not going to work out, partner. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, what? Huh? What? Just straight rubbing my dick on them didn't work? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had a friend. He'd always try to pull his dick out. I'm like, bro, you're pulling your dick out at the wrong time. Like, how did you not read the room? Well, because uh, we as dudes, a lot of times, react to like how we would want a stripper to treat us. So if, Completely different. Right. It is completely yeah. different. But if your only experience is... True. When I go to a strip club... The stripper beats me in the face with her tits. Yeah. Well, that's obviously what strippers do, right? And that's what you came there for. What are you there for? Women are different. Exactly. They're protecting the egg. Yeah, they don't want your genetics up, up inside them. And, unless it's been pre-approved. Right. But you got to finesse the genetics in there. You can't just... Oh, yeah. can't just ram it in. A big part of it is it's a whole, it's a whole environment you have to create. From the playlist to the outfit to the way you walk in the room, it's tough. I can. You probably have the roughest job in the adult industry. It can be tough. I can imagine. Now I've been seasoned enough. Like I, I did a party the other night, five years ago. This would have been rough. White girls, middle of the afternoon, super uptight. Nobody was drinking. It was tough. There's like six of them. But. Five years ago, I'd have been like, fuck, shoot me in the face. This time, 30 minutes in, all of them were taking shots out of my belly button. Everybody was having a blast. I was picking girls up so they down because I knew I know how to work the, the temperament of the room. You know, there's a certain temperature and then I have to adjust. But five years ago, man, it was rough. So for the people who didn't read the show notes, Andy is a male stripper. I'm the male stripper. The Apparently the only one. I don't hire many male strippers, so I haven't really looked to see if he has any competition, but he lead, leads me to believe he is the only one. Uh, if you're calling and you're asking for Magic Mike or Christian Gray, it's me, baby. <laughs> I'm coming. Unless I'm busy and then I don't know who's coming. But <sighs> it's, a, 
it's part of the like I've been around a lot of strippers. Like I used to roadie for girls, but your side of the house, I know nothing about. Like the male, the male stripper end of things. Like I know nothing about that. Like I know girls that used to do like the equivalent of the house shows, you know, fuck themselves with dildos in front of a bunch of dudes, shit like that. But I think you are the first male stripper I've actually ever met. When I first moved to LA, I don't know why, but I wanted to work at a strip club, like a female strip club. Cause it's like hot chicks. Right. Right. So somehow I got connected with this guy, amazing guy. Um, who was the manager of a couple of strip clubs. And every time I got with him, he, I'd be like, hey, man, I want to be like your assistant manager and all this shit. And he would be like, dude, are you kidding? You're fucking young and handsome. We need to do a male review. And I'd be like, wait, what? Why do we need to do a male review? Like, you work at a strip club. He's like, bro, yes, I work at a, I manage a strip club. There's 10 hot chicks who work for me. All my clientele is dudes. I'm around dudes all the fucking time. And sometimes kind of scummy dudes. Scummy dudes. I cater to scummy dudes. Yeah, there's 12 or 15 like hot stripper girls who work for me. But like I can't really fuck them. And if I have to fuck them, I have to be like super particular because I could lose my job. It's a fucking drama fest. But if we do a male review, we're the only guys and everybody else is female. So it was funny because he was like he managed a bunch of big um, female strip clubs. But his dream was to be the character who like fucking hosted male reviews. Cause he's, you know, he got sick of it. He, he got sick of it. Like catering to all these scummy dudes. He wanted to like walk in in a top hat and fucking walk down there and have like 300 women and be pointing them to their tables. And, and, and once he kind of like explained that to me, I was like, you know what? He's right. I'd rather be a male stripper for women than like a manager at a female strip club because I don't have to cater to dudes. I don't have to worry about all that. I show up. There's 30 women. It's my show. It's my shebang. You know, I can, I can, I can decide what's going to happen. And I'm comfortable with that. It's fun. You know, I told myself a couple of years ago, I was like, all right, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. Dude, I, it's hard for, to give it up. I love it. I don't strip as actively as I used to, but like I did two parties this weekend. I had a blast. I danced for a lady on Friday who had um, ALS. So she was in a wheelchair. She was confined to a wheelchair and it was like her and a couple of her friends. We had a great time. Just a couple of ladies having a good time, you know? And the husband hired us. Oh, that's nice. He was really nice, yeah. I didn't mean that to come out sarcastically. That, that's actually really nice. Yeah, it was cool. I just felt bad because I wanted to kind of get get at her, you know? But she was kind of... I, I had to be gentle with her. You would have broke her? Yes, I kind of like... I kind of like play fucked her friends in front of her, you know? Was she into it? I couldn't tell because she couldn't, she couldn't do much. But at the end, she was able to... She has like this kind of communi- communicative pad in front of her where she can type things out. And she was just kind of like, you were great. I loved you. So I said, okay. That's awesome. And they tipped... Did you dump an ice bucket over yourself for as part of the show, though? An ice bucket over ALS, yourself? The ALS ice bucket challenge. Oh, you were probably part of that. You Did, did you get Fuck did you no. part of that? I, I nominate Matt Slayer to do the ice bucket challenge. Somebody nominated me, and I was like, nah, dude, I'm not doing that. No. The only ALS, ALS support I've done is two years ago. Actually, it was two years ago today. I was in a, bre- a brewery up in Alameda that was doing ales for ALS. 55 bucks, all went to charity, all you could drink. 
That is the only ALS support I've ever done in my life. Okay, well, that's pretty cool because I could drink $55 worth. Oh, I definitely. I bet you could. I drink well more than $55 worth. I Like, wait a minute. You just give me a glass and I just walk up and they refill it? Okay. I could drop, yeah. Here, here take my $55. I will happily. Dunk. 45 minutes in, I've made my money back. Easily. Easily. I have to pace myself, though. I did not. Really? Uh, shortly after that ch- charity fundraiser, I went and slept it off on my friend's bed for a little while and then went to a concert. So I did not pace myself well. But hey, by the end of the night, saw an awesome show and then slept in a bathtub. And then barely made my flight to San Diego. Comic-Con or what? Yeah. Oh, nice. I literally went up to the bay. I was up there for um, Rob Flynn's birthday bash. He's the lead singer Machine Head. Okay, I know Machine Head. So I got up there in the morning, met up with some friends, got some brews, did a distillery tour, and across the parking lot from the distillery is a brewery, and they're like, oh, we're doing an Ales for ALS event, $55 all you can drink. I'm like, well, we're getting shit house for ALS then. Got trashed. Met up with my friend, crashed, rallied. Went to the show, got trashed again at the show. Thought I was going to get laid. I definitely did not. We got back to her place and she fell asleep diagonally across the bed. Plans went astray. Yeah. When she fell asleep diagonally across the bed with her boots still on, I'm like, well, that's not happening. Baby, baby, wake up. Baby, wake up. I'm, I'm not even going to try to wake up. Somewhere. Really? See, I'm, I'm, a, um, I'm a nagger. See, at that point... That is what we call too drunk to fuck. Yeah. Just touch it. <laughs> nah, I was just like. Really? I'm like, no. Baby, she's, baby, just touch it. She's done. Okay. She is fucking done. Yeah. I tried to fall asleep on her tiny couch. That didn't work. So my drunk ass moved to her bathtub. Slept in the bathtub for a couple hours. Woke up just in time to like catch an Uber to the airport. I've I, never slept in a bathtub. That's fucking awesome. And sounds very uncomfortable. I was drunk enough that the cold bathtub felt great. Her place wasn't air conditioned. Fucking up in the bay this time of year. It was fucking hot. It was dying. I make it to Oakland International. As my flight is already boarding, make it through security onto the flight. Down to LAX. Layover down to San Diego. Do Comic-Con all day. With Andy Cruz and Steve Vance. Great time. And then I was unconscious on the fucking drive back to fucking LA. It was oh, it was a rough weekend, but it was well worth it. Did you uh, did you go to Comic Con this year? Ah, uh, sadly I did not. I, I went one day. I went Thursday. My brother got tickets for his him and his wife, and his wife was pregnant, so he asked me to, to use a ticket. I was like, "Fuck it, I'll use a ticket." It was cool. Oh, Comic Con's a fucking blast. Yeah, I just it was a blast. Away. I saw friends. I didn't drive, so I had some drinks at lunch. It was cool. I want to go again next year. Like, I want to make sure, like, oh, it's coming up. Make sure I got the time and get away to fucking go. It was packed as fuck, though. It always is. I brought my weed pen, so I was all right. But I would have had anxiety if not. Not go with crowds? Nah. It's tough. I don't know. It's, it, you know, you asked me to, like, last second, like, hey, dude, this guy bail. We need you to get up on stage and dance. Cool. But if you ask me to, like, meet your family in a small residence... Or like be involved in like a big crowd atmosphere, I, I panic. 
I totally get the small meat in the family. Like, oh, I hate that. That that to me, that's the most stressful thing. I have never, not once, had a good meeting of a significant other's parents. How's that usually go for you? I'm never good at it. I, I it depends. I mean, it it depends on the family. Like it, but I like the last girl I dated. Her mom was kind of like awkward, an older white lady, and she was just always kind of be like kind of say things that were they were kind of like puns but then i would just be like oh okay and then she would kind of like say the second half of the joke and i would just kind of stand there it was awkward now when i dated like a a girl who was a little more kind of inner city or something her family was always pretty cool i'd come over and eat and everything i'm just not good at like awkward conversations pretty good right now yeah but when i'm fucking your daughter you're fucking my daughter? <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Yeah. I gotta go get the shotgun. What the fuck? You're fucking my daughter. Wait, I have a daughter. Wait, never mind. I don't have a daughter. I think I'm good. Exactly. So it's been rough, but I mean, I've gotten better at it. I've cleaned up a lot. I've been in LA for about seven years and I've definitely kind of smoothed out the rough edges because when i first came here i was just a ball full of energy i didn't really have a plan and i really realized how la worked how long have you been here close to probably eight years it's been a while i graduated college and me and my buddy uh lenny porterfield shout out he had saved up some money and he was like i'm moving to la he had starred in like a reality show it was called g's the gents on mtv it was like a cheesy reality show and he he, he did pretty well we went to this like big event and he took me and there was a bunch of like porn girls and reality people and we ended up doing cocaine and um somebody's limousine like some childhood star i won't name names but some guy's limousine that we had watched movies of and it was just like it was one of those hollywood moments you know she's like we need to move to la so i said oh fuck dude i'm broke like i just graduated college and i worked at the bookstore he was like, I've got some money. So we got like a little studio apartment probably like eight years ago in the mid- smack down in the middle of Hollywood. Right where Charlie Chaplin's studios was or whatever the fuck. It was like some overpriced, small ass fucking studio, bro. Where literally we had two twin beds laying next to each other. It was horrendous. And we just moved here. And I remember when we moved to Hollywood, we were like, fuck yeah, Hollywood. And then that first night we saw like streetwalkers, sirens meth needles it was a rude awakening oh yeah back when hollywood was still a little scummy i mean it's still a little scummy but it was a lot more scummy really i think it's gotten worse really kind of 10 city it's rough yeah i mean a little i love i love well, i love you're a tough chicago boy okay i i'm from san diego you know there's a breeze in the air i'm, I'm from the suburbs of san diego where like there's no like we're we're like um in that movie like uh that kind of Wait, from La Jolla. Or? Uh, well, it's Scripps Ranch. It's like a it's quiet, secluded suburban area to where it reminds me of that like the Buddha story where like it was like the shield was pull, pulled the veil was pulled over our eyes, but there's like no poverty in our area. And then you know I moved to L.A. and I'm just like, what the fuck? There's pigeons and rats and shit and needles and it's been a rough journey. It's the stuff dreams are made of. Mmm. Shit and needles and, oh, it's so good. You know, there's something nostalgic about Hollywood, but at the same time, if you actually live here, there's, there's a whole other side of it. Oh, yeah. No, I just had to confront two guys who walked into my garage earlier today. Probably get high or what? I don't fucking know. 
literally I pulled in some dude walk like my garage is a ramp down into the basement. Dude walks down the ramp behind my car. I get out I'm like, hmm. Go upstairs, come back down. He's still there. I'm like, hmm. What is he doing? He's on the phone. He lets some other dude in through a door. I'm like, yo, man, do you guys live here? Nah, man, we don't live here. Well, then you need to get the fuck out. They're like, oh, we're waiting for a friend. I'm like, I'm not fighting two guys. I just went upstairs, called the cops. Smart. Younger Matt would have fought two dudes. And I probably would have gotten my fucking ass kicked. Even when I came in here, some guy was like, hey, because I didn't call your thing. There's just these people. He was like, hey, are you supposed to be here? And I looked at him like, yeah, I'm good. And he's like, All right, okay, okay. I'm like thinking, dude, I'm wearing white. But I mean, you're right. But I'm like, I'm wearing pink shorts, white Jordans. Like, I'm obviously not trying to fit in. But I, good for him. Listen, he lives here. He needs to protect this fucking lair. I've confronted people in fucking suits trying to come in here. Like, yo, you live here? I also come from a security background. So, like, it's just second nature to challenge people on shit like that. Yeah. But you used to do, like, overnight security or what? Oh, when you used to roadie for those girls or what? Before that, like, I'm, I've had did years of armed security. Oh, couldn't do it. Too dangerous. Part of me was like, should I just go upstairs and get a gun and get these guys out of my fucking house? I'm like, no, that's dumb. That's fucking dumb. This ain't Texas, bitch. You can't do that. Oh, I definitely could. That's scary. I mean, I definitely could. It would definitely be dumb as fuck. That's the thing people don't think about when you get into gunfights in real life is even if you win, you're going to be tied up in legal litigation yeah. forever. This ain't the born identity where you can just like shoot people running away on the balcony with your hand and then like not suffer repercussions. Right. This isn't even Florida. If I went down there and got confrontational, especially after calling the police and then shot them, they'd be like, why'd you go back downstairs? Yeah. Why the fuck did you go back downstairs? You just kept your ass in your apartment. And I did. But the thought crossed my mind for half a second. I wonder what they were doing. Uh, I'm thinking smoking were, dope, probably. Either that or casing fucking cars. Yeah. Well, I don't keep shit in my car. I don't either. But there are actually some people who drive some pretty nice fucking cars in this building. Yeah, it's a nice building. I do not drive a nice car, so I don't really give a fuck because they're not going to take my fucking car. Yeah, what do you... You look like you drive like an F-150 or something. Totally. No, not at all. Not at all. You drive, you drive an F-150 with like an anthrax fucking uh, sticker on the back or something. No. Rancid. No, I have a 2007 Nissan Altima. Smart. With 171,000 miles on it. That is beat to shit. Good for you. So, yeah. There's nothing in it. It's beat to shit. You know what? You blend in. You become part of the fold. That's the plan. We were talking about this off air. Yeah. I used to have a douchebag car. It was a great car, and it got me a lot of girls and good times, but it was a fucking magnet for trouble. Yeah. I had a 04 Mazda RX-8. Kept getting rolled. A lot of times it was justified, but I just kept getting rolled because the car looked fucking fast. And I used to park my car like in and out to go meet my friends, and some, some guys would come up and be like, hey, man, you holding? You holding. I guess that's like a drug term, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm packing or something. I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm just eating you know what i mean he's like, oh okay looking at me kind of like then why the fuck do you have a drug dealer's car if you're not a drug dealer right that is a drug dealer's uniform yeah i'm trying to get high yeah here, motherfucker. yeah he wasn't he wasn't to blame i was just young and stupid i like i've always liked colorful flashy things there's nothing wrong with that you just gotta suffer the consequences of your choices sometimes well i've suffered 
I think we all have. This is this is like Bilbo Baggins, a Hobbit's tale. There and back again. A few less second prefaces. Yeah, exactly. Your gig actually does really intrigue me. It's a different part of the industry. Yeah, it's definitely a different part of the biz. Yeah. Have you ever thought about like actually becoming male talent? Yeah, I thought about it. I've gotten a lot of offers. Believe it or not, one of the first gigs I got when I moved here was I used to star in those late night Cinemax movies. You ever watch those when you're alone, Slayer? Oh, yeah. Back when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. You're right? Oh, no. Uh, I didn't ever seen them. I I, I, used, I didn't really watch them. Um, I was late to the party, but I remember somehow I uh, I moved here and I needed to work and I was trying to get into acting, modeling and stuff like that. Um, and I got some gigs and stuff, but I was just always looking for money. You need to make money. So I saw one of them or something. And I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of like porn, but like you don't see my, you don't see like my hard cock on camera. So maybe I could still be like Ryan Murphy or Kevin Feige one day. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try this. And then um, it's fake or whatever, you know, even if it's not fake, like it's kind of secluded, like kind of protected. So I emailed from IMDb Pro, the guys who produced it or whatever, like this one movie. And then like a, like the next day, they called me, they're like, hey, do you want to be in this movie? And I was like, um, and they're like, just meet me at Starbucks. I met the guy at Starbucks. He was the director. We hung out. And then he cast me in this movie that starred like Carly Montana, um, Christine Nguyen, Mary Carey. Um, so like legit porn star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were like these other, I'm trying to think who else was there. Um, Chrissy Lynn. There's a bunch of people there. And uh, so I was in this movie and it was cool because it paid like 600 a day and he and when i met him he was like hey listen so we have this guy bail like a male talent guy um and so we need you like five days this week and then two days next week or something so i was like did the math in my head i'm like holy shit that's like four five grand like fuck yeah so he's like cool 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 so i did the movies and then i kind of got like a little following i was at the very tail end of this whole thing and then i ended up being in like a bunch of them so i had like um a booking agent and everything. It was, it was pretty cool. So I did like a playboy TV show that failed, utterly failed. It was fucking awful. It was called seven lives exposed. And where they fucked up was they tried to make it like, um, could you top me off too? Of course. They tried to make it like, like a drama, like the Hills, but with like, like, you know, sex. And it was fucking lame. I played the bad guy, which was the coolest character. And, uh, they hired actors, to do their scenes. This is the first softcore porn I ever did. They hired actors. So when they would have sex, they would just kind of be quiet, you know? And uh, me, I, I, you know, I came from a stripping background, so I thought it was funny. I thought the whole thing was hilarious. So I would like, you know, lick the girl's nipple or slap her ass or say stupid stuff. And the producers were like, dude, you're fucking awesome. So then the show came out, it was horrendous. So I ended up taking all my scenes because fuck everybody else. I took all my scenes and I made it into like a little 10 minute movie and I put it on Vimeo. And then I emailed these softcore people and were like, Hey, put me in your movie. And then they were like, watch it and be like, Oh, this guy seems cool. So I was, I was in a bunch of these Cinemax and HBO after dark movies. I've probably been in like the last 20 that were made. Cause they would use, they'd shoot like three movies at a time and they knew my personality. I like to smoke weed and I was cool with all the girls. So I, I really enjoyed it. And then I even thought about like getting into like hardcore. And I guess I still do, but I don't know. There's just something that kind of keeps me from, from committing. 
What do you think it is? Do you just want a mainstream career at some point? I hate to no. break it to you. You did this show. No mainstream it's career done. for you. You're done. You're done. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're on fucking and now we drink? Bro, you're blacklisted. You know you get an IMDb credit for this, right? No, really? Yeah. I love that. Um, no, uh, I don't know. I guess I guess so. Yeah, I guess there's a part of me that's still not not as far as like being on on camera talent, but like I'd still like to be, you know, I want to be George Martin. I want to be Kevin Feige. I want to be one of these, you know, J.K. Rowling. And I guess there's a part of me that thinks maybe that would kind of inhibit me or slow me down. So I've always kind of walked right up to the line and then never really crossed it. And at this point in my life, listen, the demand for for Andrew's penis is probably at an all-time high. Like, honestly, I would say it is, even though I, I was a, a handsome young buck. I'm, I'm definitely, like, in my, my prime as far as, like, people following me and, and starting to really get on the bandwagon. I don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, it's one OnlyFans session away from happening. Well, OnlyFans is a little different, and that's what I, I actually applied for my first uh, OnlyFans today, actually. Because I'm like, wait, OnlyFans is, is different. Because OnlyFans, I control the medium. And I'm a filmmaker, and I'm an editor. I know how to do this shit. I'm really good at it. So that's a little different to me because that way, and listen, God bless. I love the industry. But with that, it's really awesome because the compass is in my hands. Well, you could also start your own Pornhub channel at this point. I mean, Pornhub works like YouTube these days. They're yeah. paying per click. Yeah, and I love that. And so, um, you know, I just don't want to be that dude. Like, here's what's funny is I'd rather be, like, hooking up with a chick on camera than be sitting there fucking jerking off. But what about your gay fan base? The reason they like me is because I'm a very and kind of attractive, machismo, androgynous, heterosexual male. That's why they came to me. If I was just some random gay dude, I don't know if they'd follow me. Because, I mean, there's some beautiful gay men out there that are all out there. So why are these people coming to me? That must be part of the reason is because they like the fact that, you know, I'm a dude. And I get it because if I was gay, I'd want to fuck me. I'd be into me. So you're the forbidden fruit. They're like, yeah. Oh, I can't have it. Maybe I can have it. Yeah. He's all right on the line. He's not like a bro's bro. He seems like he's one of us, but like he likes girls. I, listen, I love a unicorn. <laughs> you know, I get it. I Because at first I used to think like, why do these people like me? Like I don't do hardcore porn. Um, there's some better looking guys out there than me that are gay porn stars or straight porn stars. So I don't understand. And then I started looking at him like, you know what? If I was them, I'd probably like me too. I like a unicorn. And you're modest too, so you know I'm packing a seven. It's not the great, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I'll tell you what, it looks pretty good on OnlyFans. Especially you gave me with an Asian girl or something where it looks massive. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous, you know. Not those big booty black girls that I grew up dating. You know, my penis doesn't look as impressive with them. Well, you just got to put more effort into it then, or pop of pop of Viagra. Well, that doesn't make it look bigger. It does, kind of though. It gets, really? It makes it more um, standard attention. Yeah. <laughs> I've never fucked with the little blue pill. I've never had really the, never had. You get to. a massive headache. They're addicting. Watch out. They're fun. I usually bite it and eat half. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, uh, yeah, you're good. If maybe if I was entertaining multiple ladies at the same time, I yeah. would think about it, but. 
Yeah, that doesn't come up every fucking day. Well, that's what's rough. Anytime I do one at a show, they never work. And then I just end up leaving the show with a massive throbbing cock and a headache. It never like kicks in when I wanted to. It's weird. I can't get a hard on at a show unless there's a female there who is determined to get me a hard on. Doesn't work on my own. Now, my best friend, Billy, who's a great dancer, for some reason, he can get himself in the mode. But for me, it doesn't happen. So have there been like horror shows where like nobody's there to get you in the mood? Most of the shows aren't. You know, a female crowd is a fickle crowd. 95% of the time, they just want to have a good time. And they want to dance and then they want you to pay you and they want you to leave. It's very rare that you do a show where the girls are taking the initiative. Now, I've definitely got laid at shows, but it was most of the time it was because I took the initiative. It was most of the time that I was like, oh, really? Oh, my God. Oh, let's hang out, you know? So have you actually gotten laid during the show or is it always like, you know, let's hang out sometime? I've definitely gotten laid after the show. I don't know if I've gotten laid like during the show. Well, how but, much after are we talking? Uh, within a couple hours, you know, like let's say I, a lot of t- most of the time I've ever I've ever gotten. And listen, my statistics are probably exponentially less than a lot of my male counterparts because I'm a very finicky kind of particular kind of guy. I don't know. You know, it's like weird. Like I could be into a girl and then I could see her fingernails and be like, nope, fuck it. I'm out. She's got dry hands. It's done. My cock shrivels up and I'm out. Well, no one wants a dry hand on their dick. Yeah. So uh, some of my other friends, they can like look the other way and stuff. But like for me, it usually like I'll do a party. And then if I really like a girl, I'll stick around. Because 95% of the time, once the party's done, even if the girls are hot, I kind of want to leave. I just danced. I made my money. And even though pussies on the table quote end quote like i don't covet it like a lot of people because i i just don't like 51 percent of the human population of women pussy is not a rare commodity yeah and it depends you know a lot of my friends remind me my, my mom has two dogs she has one dog who grew up with us she bought you know bought her three weeks old privileged if food's around you know she'll come around she'll smell she might ask for some but she knows she's getting fed she always eats good you know sometimes i'll be eating and she'll kind of walk in the room and see me and just be like mm, nah now my mom has another dog that's a shelter dog doesn't matter what i'm eating this dog is like anytime food's around because it doesn't know it's a fucking shelter dog you know it'll just wait and wait and wait and wait and wait most guys are like that i'm the house dog Food's always going to be around. Since I was a young guy, I've always been good with girls. I've always been around girls. I've always been really cool with girls, girls like me. So I've always been approved. So, you know, I sniff around. If there's some steak or maybe some like fajitas or something, I'll I'll be like, ooh, you know, anything else. But if not, if it's just kind of, you know, El Pollo Loco, $5.99, I'm like, you know what? Thanks again, guys. No, I'm going to take off. Have a good night. Whoa, whoa, whoa. El Pollo Loco hits the spot sometimes. Those $5 bowls are definitely $5 bowls, though. Hey, I'm a man with cheap taste sometimes. (laughs) My expensive taste comes to whiskey and cigars. Yeah, me too. Sadly, not where I stick my dick sometimes. You Welcome to the fold. That's most men. You know, and me for a long time. But just as I've gotten older, I've definitely gotten more particular. I, I think I was doing the math the other day. I used to get laid more before I was a stripper, which is crazy, but it's true. Well, 
I'm not as particular about where I stick my dick. I'm particular about sticking around after I stick my dick. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I, I came. That was a mistake. Have a good life. Yeah. And and the last girl that I hooked up with, I could tell I really liked her because as soon as we were done, I was like, hey, you're, you're staying around, right? Like, don't go anywhere. Oh, she was incredible. She was majestic. Tell me about her. Well, I met her at a show. White girl. Fitness trainer. Curvaceous. Supple. Had good values, which I dug. And, uh, you know, it wasn't an Instagram, look at me, look at me, look at me. Because I think a lot of this town, sometimes it just regurgitates itself and it tastes like shit. Oh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. The Instagram, I mean, I'm guilty of it sometimes too. Of Every, course. Everyone is. We're public figures. We, you have to put out some shit. Yeah, I posted like a half a dozen times on my way here today. But on the flip side, there have been times like I posted one picture from the party we were at last weekend yeah because i was having such a fucking good time apparently i didn't get any of that bottle but god bless sorry most of that bottle went to me (laughs) i was only sharing with people with tits sorry yeah and i don't blame you i was also bottle riding off of someone else hold on a minute i've got tits maybe not the tits that you're interested in buddy that is the other caveat i'm sharing with tits that i'm interested in okay but i was having such a good time at the party i wasn't like Oh my god! I pick. I took one picture from the cabana. I'm like, yeah. Oh hey, porno party. Nice. But there wasn't like, hey, here's me hey, with these people. Here am I. Hey, what's up? I'm here with Andy. We're at the fucking party on the top, hilltop of the W. What's up, Andy? How are you? Yeah. It was. It wasn't like, oh, I gotta take a picture. I have been legitimately at parties where I've been with people who are like, okay, everyone, stop what they're doing. We gotta take a picture real yeah. quick. And that is the grossest fucking thing ever. It can be weird. Yeah, especially when I meet somebody and they like want to take a photo or something. I'm like, oh god damn it, fuck. I'm listen. I'm guilty of it too. But what I I make a cognitive decision when I meet people. I put my phone away. I try to do that because uh, I when I first moved to L.A., I worked for this guy who was a producer, gay guy, and his husband is the most successful person I've ever met in my life. He like owns like he's worth like half a billion dollars. He owns all these companies. He's just that kind of guy. You know, he's friends with Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And when I met this fucking guy, he would have a phone in his hand and they'd be like, oh, uh, Annie Long, he works for your friend or he works for your husband. He'd be like this. One time I saw him and he's like, oh, hold on. Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Like he just fucking engaged. He never looked at his phone. That shit was off. He turned it off to be like, hey, so Tom tells me you're from San Diego. What part? Like he was like remembering shit about me. Like he was talking to me. And then the next time I saw him, swear to God, this is the most successful person I've ever met. Most people don't give a fuck. I tell them five times I'm from San Diego. They don't care. They Where are you from? San Diego. Where are you from? <laughs> he When I saw him again, two months later, he's like, Hey, what's up, man? How you been? How's mom and dad? How's Scripps? How's Scripps Ranch? When were you last there? Like, uh, and I've heard about this. I've heard about really successful people doing this. But when I actually saw it, like the most financially successful person I've ever been in a room with was also the person who was most into me. I was like, okay, I I need to pick up a tip here. Because I've met so many people sometimes where they're like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, you're Matt's friend, right? And what's up, man? Todd. And I'm just like, 
All right, I get it. You're special. You're special. Or they're hopelessly addicted to their phone. Phones are fucking addictive. I'm addicted to my phone. Oh, I'm fucking junkie. Yeah, dude. I've talked about this on air before, but like one of the best things I've done in recent memory was when I went to Cuba and just was not able to get internet access for 10 days. Like just being off grid for 10 days. That would be amazing. Fucking amazing. I, I, I've never had that experience. But I, I play weird games on my phone because I, I, I'm all fucked up. So sometimes I'll be like, um, um, for 72 hours, I'm getting rid of uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I'll delete the apps. And I'm fiending, bro. I'm fiending. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I should. Well, I should probably go home and just check my desktop real quick. I am not about denying myself pleasure in life. You self-indulgent bastard. Why would I like, I enjoy these things. Why would I deny myself? Because I listen, I have a blast on smack, but you know, I'm doing smack. Is it negatively impacting your life? Yeah, I think sometimes it is. Well, then you might need a change. It fucks me up. I mean, listen, I love it. It's helping me out. It's selling copies of my book. It's doing things for me that I couldn't do on my own. I met you through social media. I have a thing tomorrow with a local television station in San Diego through social media. I have a podcast with some girls that I met on social fucking media. But this shit's fucking me up. It's addictive. They program it to fire dopamine in your fucking brain when you get a like or all that shit. It it 100% is there to fuck with you. But I still live my life. I'm still getting by. I only think things become a problem when they're actually a problem. I don't have a drinking problem. I go to work. I get shit done. I have a drinking problem when I start using alcohol instead of getting shit done. Getting trash at 8 a.m., that's a drinking problem. No, there's nothing wrong with that if it's your day off. That's true. If it's Sunday fun day, there's nothing wrong with who. Why do I have to wait till 11 a.m. to get trash? Yeah. See, I, I keep stripper days. So Fridays and Saturdays are my busy days. So... Sunday is kind of a day off, but not really because it bleeds into Sunday or Saturday. So for me, Monday is my day off. Monday is my day off. So today, I didn't do shit. I, I, had a, I hung out, like I said, I hung out with a girl last night. I slept, bro, I slept till 2 p.m. Condom, no condom. <sighs> I can't answer that. No condom. <laughs> <laughs> if you say, I can't answer that, that means no yeah, condom. That <laughs> means no condom. Listen, I don't make that decision often, but... Dude, I'd wife this girl if she lived closer. So you're trying to knock her up? I pull out. You know, pre-cum's a thing. Apparently. I've pulled out. I've been using that method since I was 15 years old. And knock like a on, good knock on, knock on, Like a good knock on wood. It's been okay so far. It's a glass table, you know. Oh, really? Well, fuck it. What are you going to do? Um, um, pull out, apparently. It. I mean, I try my best. Hey, she's a modern woman. She's probably on birth control. No, she was everything. She was fantastic. Well, obviously, no. She doesn't live here. I'd, I'd have made her my girlfriend. And I'm picky, but like I would have that night been like, oh, so me and you were dating now. You got no choice in this. We're dating. Yeah, I would have locked it down. I told her that, but she lives on the other side of the fucking country. So, so why haven't you convinced her that LA is awesome and she should live here? I did. I even texted her and was like, you should live with me and just fucking come here. You don't think that's a little aggressive? It probably would be, but goddamn, those first three months would be amazing. The honeymoon phase always is. It would have been incredible. 
And I'm willing to give it a shot just because I know now that I'm older, I know how hard it is to find a really a, a really delicious prime cut. How difficult it can be to find that medium rare. You know what I mean? So when I see it, I'm just like, yeah, I know. Now, 10 years ago, I would have taken it for granted. Oh, dude, I just had sex with this beautiful chick. I met at a stripping gig. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even use a condom. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, I'm like, no, dude, listen, this girl was everything. I'm really, I'm, I'm ready to lock it down. So you should have finished inside her. You know that releases chemicals that are bonding. Those are bonding chemicals. I've heard that. But listen, I don't need to finish inside her to have that avatar bond. We had our moment. She's, she's, she's been imprinted on. But it could be even more specific. Of course, that. but I can, I don't want to carry that over my head. I mean, she made the choice to have unprotected sex, too. One time when I, uh, so I wrote a book called Tales from the Strip, and I talk about a lot of my details in the book, and one of the things in the book is that I was kind of reckless, so I got in a bunch of uh, car accidents and DUIs, and then uh, one time, it's not in the book, but one time I, when I got my second DUI, I was all fucked up, and I was like really depressed, and then I was talking to my dad, and I said, man, I'm so fucked. Like, He's like, well, you know, you still have a shot, and I said, whoa. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I do have a college education. And he was like, no, no, not because of that. And I said, well, you know, I mean, listen, I have all this experience. I've been on TV. I've been, he's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, you don't have a kid. You still have a shot. Because once you have a kid, it's done. And I was like, what? They are dream killers. So there you go. I never want them. Not ever. Do you want kids at some point? You know, when I first moved to LA, I uh, I tried donating sperm. So I went to a place and I jerked off in a cup. I think they had videos, but I was like, dude, it's 2012. Um, I'll go on Google or you know what I mean? Watch some porn or something on my phone, jerked off in a cup. And I was smoking a lot of weed at the time, I guess, but I don't know. They told me I had a low sperm count. I got denied, bro. There should be a bunch of mini Andes running around right now. There should be like 100 to 200 five-year-olds running around with my fucking DNA coursing through their veins. Good DNA. I'm six feet tall, full head of hair, you know, in my 30s, 180 pounds, six-pack. No, low sperm count. So I'm sh apparently I'm shooting blank, Slayer. I don't know about you. You look like you got potent juice. I haven't had a pregnancy scare once. Well, you're strapping up every time. Fuck no. Dude, you know what's funny is I was the best with condoms when I was younger. And then I dated this chick who I'll never forget it. We went, we were like at my friend, this was in college. We were at my friend's uh, dorm or something. He was in, he went to LA, some, some fucking college. And she goes, let's go outside. I said, okay. So we go outside and we go into the, my back of my, I had an Azuzu rodeo at the time. So we put the back down. We're having sex in the back. And we're having, I think we're doggy style. And she kind of looks at me and I kind of pull out for a second because we're using a condom. And she kind of takes the condom and just kind of pulls it off of my penis and puts and kind of grabs my dick and like kind of pulls it inside of her. And it's always been hard. And we ended up dating for like two years and never using a condom. So I, I had sex without a condom for two fucking years straight just with her. I was loyal just with her. Always had a problem after that. But back when I was in high school... Oh my god! Because we're nineties kids, fucking slay them. Because we're nineties kids, and they scared us. If we had unprotected sex once, 
we'd get HIV. Well, yeah, because we were when we were growing up, that was the whole like Reagan era with the whole New yeah, York. Yeah, I remember scare. like in fifth grade being in health class. So like, basically, you fuck once without a condom, you're getting AIDS, full blown AIDS. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm wrapping it up, and pretty much every partner up until my mid to late twenties was protected except for like one partner in my early twenties where it just kept breaking. And we ended up fake dick. Tight pussy. <laughs> tight, tight pussy. That was oh that was and that was terrifying. Seriously, like the first time we hooked up, we're banging it out, we're banging it out. I'm like all of a sudden it's like, man, this feels really fucking good. I pop. You know, and I go to the bathroom. Oh. I go to the bathroom to fucking take the condom off. It's in a little ring around the base of my dick because it broke. Didn't even realize. Wow. Her and I ended up in a relationship for a little while. Look at you blowing loads, balls deep. God bless. I do enjoy finishing people. Do you? I do. I'm so, so fucking paranoid. I should be. I'm a paranoid person. In that moment of splendor. Well, it's consensual finishing inside people. Yeah. No, listen, I was in paradise last night with this girl. I was in fucking paradise. It's been a minute since I was with somebody that I just was like, yes, 100% yes. You know, and it, it was that moment. So I, I can contemplate it, but I'm like, hold on a minute. Let me pull out. Let me ejaculate on her stomach. Let me be a gentleman. You got to really show her that you care and shoot for her fucking Shoot for her shoulder from her. Well, usually because I'm a, I'm a squirter, I can I got distance. But we had engaged in foreplay earlier in the night, and she had performed fellatio on me, to which I climaxed. So this was already my second one. This is so clinical. The <laughs> climax. She filleted me to climax. You like, know. So that first one. She sucked your dick till you pop. Yes, she performed oral, and I blew my load. But. So that time I kind of had a vibe because usually like it's that first one that's kind of like a shotgun double blast. And that second one's usually like a, it can be, it can be, you know, it can get some distance, but usually that second one, it's like a pistol. So what would you have done if she had wrapped her legs around you and tightened, like not let you go? Well, she was a, she was not like a frail little girl. She I was know, a you were thick, saying, muscular girl. I'm saying, well, she had just done the wrap around you, put you in guard and made it so you couldn't pull out. <sighs> You know what? I've only blown in a girl twice my entire life. And both times I regretted it. And both times they were girlfriends who were on the pill. And both times I looked at them like a seductive temptress afterwards. Like, you bitch. Why did you make me do that? I don't know why. I've, I, that's just not a... I, I don't know what it is. But early in my, my days of being a, 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 a wandering stripper, I thought, you know what? We're not coming in these people. We're not doing that. Every man's got to have a code. You know? Apparently, Andy's code is not finishing in people. No, listen. No needles, no blowing loads and cunts. Period. And that's the soundbite from this week's episode. Now, you want me to sniff some dope? You want me to smoke some pot? We're open to it. But I do not use needles, and I do not blow loads. Will you blow loads anally? Yeah. That's safe. Yeah, but it's funny. I've only done that with a few selective girls. It's funny though, like, you know, I never was into anal, but like this girl last night, cause she was just the most beautiful girl. I've never in my life been with a girl where I kind of part of me wanted to do that with her just because it was such a beautiful thing. I thought, 
you know, the, the few times I did it, it was usually with a girl that was kind of like, come on. But with her, I thought, oh my God, that would be so fun. It was like this beautiful canvas. It was like a Mona Lisa that I kind of wanted to paint with my cock. Maybe you will in the future. Maybe. We're talking. She lives across the country. Good thing they invented this thing called an airplane. Yeah. And and you know what? Before, it sounded like such a, a, a far place to go, but we're getting some things going now. We're building some fan bases. Maybe I can maximize this trip. Book tour. Yes. So we'll we'll see because I was into her. I was really into her. You know you're into somebody when you guys are just hanging out and your your dicks rock hard. That's a that's a good indicator for me. No touching, no kissing. We're watching fucking Stranger Things, and I got a fucking hard on a stiffy. It's so hard. It's like hurting my pants. That's really weird to get a hard on for an eleven. That's really weird, man. It's weird. It is weird, but I mean, I'm watching. Anyway. I'm watching fucking David Harbor and Winona Ryder talking about bullshit. And my dick's throbbing in my pants. I mean, I'd get a hard on for Winona Ryder. Oh, she's still hot. She still looks good. I would do horrible, horrible things to her. Yeah, I used to like her in that Beetlejuice movie when I was a kid. Great balls of the Winona Ryder and um, Gwen Stefani were like the first, like in Alanis Morissette. Winona Ryder, Gwen Stefani, and Alanis Morissette were like the first girls I ever jerked off to. I was never. I mean, Gwen's always been beautiful. What? She's been Tragic Kingdom, bro. I used to blow. Love. I'm a breast man. Ah, uh, she she's more of a booty girl. She yeah. got that little sixty six pack. Beautiful face, but yeah. You know. Oh, bro, that uh, the girls I like still kind of look like Gwen from the Tragic Kingdom era when she had those kind of perky lips and she and wore, no eyebrows. Like yeah, and she wore that. She had that blonde hair. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. All the girls I dated in high school kind of looked like her. Or or Renona Ryder, or for some reason Alanis Morissette. I loved Alanis Morissette as a kid. I don't know why. I think it was because I heard a rumor that one time she sucked so much dick that she had her stomach had to have to go to the hospital, have her stomach pumped like with cum. And I thought it was so disgusting. But at the same time, you know whose cum that allegedly was, right? Who? Dave Coulier from Uncle Joey from Full House. Uncle Joey from no. Full House? Mm-hmm. Good for him. Wow. That's uh, who the, her she big hit from yeah, Jagged Little Pill was about. You ought to know it was about Dave Coulier. Oh. They le- legit dated. I love that album. Uncle fucking Joey getting he, it in. He didn't have that in him. Well, apparently he did enough for her to write a really Now, if, she, if she'd have hooked up with me after four or five days and not jerking off. You might have ended her life. Maybe. Dude, I, I can store them. It's not good, man. That's how you get cancer. Seriously. Have you heard that, or are you just fucking around? No, seriously. Um, men are supposed to ejaculate up to five times a week to prevent... Um, why am I spacing on the type of cancer it is? What? Testicular? No, no, no. Um, uh, prostate. If you, you need to ejaculate at least five times a week... To help fight prostate cancer. It's hard for me to go 48 hours without ejaculating. Well, then you're going to be cancer-free. Yeah, I, I, I get crazy. I get I get wild. It's literally poison. you got to get the poison. And, and I've always been a little shit. When, when I'm dating girls and, and we don't fool around, I've always been a little sh- self-entitled prick. I've never been good at it. I've always begged and pleaded, and I've talked my way into many a hand jobs or blow jobs. Just cause, not even because the girl wanted to do it, just because she wanted to shut me up. It's not good. It's not good. It's it's a skunky part of my personality that I'm still working on, Slayer. And, you know. Hey, 
At least you acknowledge that it's just going to be part of your personality. Oh, yeah. Part, part of like getting into writing and, and being um, reflective on my past has allowed me to kind of see. Because, you know, it's funny. I know a lot of guys. They'll be like, hey, man, uh, I see you're writing stories now. Dude, I have some great ideas for stories. And I go, is it about you? And is it, are you looking cool? And then they'll write, yeah. And I'll write back, not interested. Because people don't give a fuck about you looking cool. Yeah. Everyone's a hero in their own story. Yep. Big fucking whoop. Big fucking whoop. So for me, I would start writing stories and then I'd be like, oh, wait, I shouldn't include this part because it's fucking embarrassing. And then I realized, wait a minute. Not only am I going to include that part, I'm going to put that shit on the fucking top of the cake. Hey, I know you've only listened to a couple of the episodes. I tell embarrassing stories about myself all the time. Yeah, self-deprecation is what allows me to connect with you. If you are Mr. Cool, like for instance, not to call him out, but like he's a great fighter, but like I'm not a fan of Luke Rockhold. The reason why is because he puts on this front, but it's like, bro, you just got knocked the fuck out twice. Own up. Don't act like such a cool guy in your interviews. Three times. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Bisbing. Bisbing. Uh, Romero. Romero. And, and then John Blackovitz. Bro, here's the best part. Start making, start cracking some jokes about yourself. Over the weekend, I just met the dude who's the husband of the surgeon who fixed Rockhold's jaw. From the Romero fight? Uh, No, from the Blackovitz fight. Apparently, he broke his jaw. He broke his jaw. Apparently, he was a prick to his fucking doctor. Yeah. Fuck fuck that guy. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you're a handsome dude, but like, you know what would be cool? Listen, I don't care that you got knocked out three times. I'm a fan that you got in there. I'm a fucking fanboy. I'll, I'll wait in line to meet you. But when you act like your shit don't stink and you just got dropped three times. To be a prick to the person who's performing surgery yeah. on you, fuck you. Yo, fuck yourself. I'm not a fan of that. I, I, I like guys that go out. That's why even though you know he's past his prime, I, my favorite fighter is like BJ Penn. Oh, BJ, BJ, BJ. Here's- BJ Penn's my favorite fighter just because I remember one time when he was doing an interview and they said, BJ, you should retire. You know, you're, you should retire on top. And he's like, dude, I'm a fucking warrior. I'm not the guy that's going to retire on top. I'm the kind of guy that's going to go out in front of everybody. Like, that. that's what a gladiator does. Like, I'm not going to just retire, win the title and retire Cinderella. No, I'm going to go out on my shield in front of 25,000 people. And I thought, that's a fucking man right there. Well, and especially with BJ, who comes from money and does not need this. Yeah. And still, like, I remember one time we fought Sean Shirk and he knocked him out and he fucking licked his gloves. He had blood on his gloves and he licked his gloves. See, I became a BJ Penn fan when he fought Jens Pulver for the lightweight title. Okay, Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. At first, I was totally not into him. Like, because they did the. What? Well, he could come off like a prick. Yeah, pre fight. I'm like, who is this cocky fucking Hawaiian dude? Yeah. And then he backed it the fuck up. Oh. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, he just I think he choked destroyed. him out. He like, choked, yeah, it was a rear naked choke. Yep. And that was the first time I'd ever seen someone where he pinned his arm to his body with his leg. Yeah, that fight. that's amazing. And you, you have to be really fucking flexible to do that. Right. I'm like, he, you, yeah, he used one of his legs to pin one of his arms. So he only had one arm to protect himself. To defend himself. From it the was beautiful. And that's the thing. I'm all A-OK with you being a cocky motherfucker if you can back it up. Yeah, that's why I always liked Conor McGregor. People hate on Conor McGregor. I was a fan because he always, listen, he showed up to fight. The guy pulls out. He fights somebody else. Win or lose, I'm a fan of yours. 
If you sign to fight and then you show up and two days before they're like, oh, homeboy bailed, but we got this guy. And you're like, yeah, fuck it. No matter what happens in that fight, to me, you're a fucking gangster. See, my beef with McGregor is he doesn't back it all up. He does. He fights every time. He's never pulled out of a fight. He shows up to fucking throw fist. Yeah, and just throw fist. If you go to the mat, he's fucking... Okay, well... He is a tap machine. Okay, listen. Yes, he is a tap machine. But you know what? I appreciate somebody that shows up to fucking fight. And every fight he's ever been in, minus his last fight, which wasn't that entertaining. Oh, I love Khabib. (laughs) You're Khabib boy or what? Oh, I love Khabib, yeah. I was impressed with Khabib the minute he started ragdolling fucking people. Just... Slamming motherfuckers, just ragdolling people like... I want to see Khabib get his fucking ass kicked. Is what Why? I Why? I don't know. He's cocky. He's undefeated. He is good, but let me see you fight Tony Ferguson. Let me see you... F- this next fight's going to be good with oh, Dustin. Yeah. I Before like Poirier. Yeah, oh, yeah a, fuck yeah. He it's going to be a good up. fight. But also, when you when Khabib like went through Edson Barboza, that was an impressive fight. Kind of. Barboza, well... He made it look easy. But Bar- hey, Barboza was throwing fucking kicks at his head. Yeah. Barboza has ended people with those wheel kicks. Oh, my God. I saw him fight this one guy named one time named like Terry Adam or something. He did like a spinning back kick, and he kicked him so hard. The guy was knocked out before he hit the ground. Fucking insane. Right. And then he made Barboza look like a chump. He did. He like dominated him and stuff like Barboza that. Barboza had looks at his like... What do I do? I don't even know what the fuck to do here. Barboza walked into that fight with something like an 86% takedown defense rate. Okay, but did you watch those two Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz fights live? I do. Tell me those weren't two of the best fucking fights you ever saw I live. Think Diaz threw, Tell me you weren't I screaming and yelling. the second fight. I think he threw the second fight. And if he did, God bless him, bro. I used to watch the Diaz brothers when I was like in fucking high school or something. You know what I mean? Like they're my age and I watched them when I was in high school. What the fuck? Those guys are two of my favorite fighters. Oh, and I love those fights. And the best part is even with Diaz's not as crazy good performance in the second fight. I thought he did fucking great. He did fucking great. I mean, it was a razor thin fucking. Yeah, defensive. that was a great fight. I remember watching that fight live drunk, just going, holy fuck. Honestly, I think what fucked him in that fight was the couple times where Connor hit him and he went to the ground to try to bait Connor. Yeah, into yeah, the yeah. Well, I think the judges come. Hey, Connor's got great stand up. Like first two rounds. I don't know anybody that can beat Connor in an MMA fight in one or two rounds throwing fist. I mean, Khabib did sit him down. Yeah, Khabib sit him down. But if they if if they were just throwing punches, if he like like Nate, because you know Nate's not going to take you down. He got Nate the gangster, which is, bro. Which Nate has a BJJ black belt and is a damn good fucking submission. Yeah, player. but he's got hands. Khabib doesn't have any fucking hands. And he landed that punch. Don't give me that punch. He landed that punch because Connor was worried about getting taken down. When when Connor and Nate were fighting, they were just throwing fist. Yeah, but guess what, Connor. Fell into the fucking trap and got sat down. Yeah, you can't fight once every two years and beat somebody like Khabib. I don't even think you could beat Dustin now. I don't think you could beat Max Holloway. You can't not fight. It's like stripping. Like, if I don't... Listen, I love stripping. Part of the reason I love it is it keeps me... It kind of keeps me on. Like, now I'm starting to do more things. Okay, maybe I get back into acting or I'm, I'm selling a book. Stripping keeps me... It keeps me honest. 
Do you bring copies of the book with your stripping gigs? I don't because um, I'm not, I don't really focus on panhandling so much and um, they're heavy, you know? So what I do is I just tell girls to buy it on Amazon. So you should hire a roadie and make the roadie carry the books. Yeah, I need to. I need to find the right roadie because I've, I've tried bringing friends as my roadies. And then what happens is they want to, you know, they want to star. They want to be part of the, the show and God bless them. But like, They'd be better off just kind of like trying to get laid and selling copies of my book. That's what I'm looking for, actually. So if anybody's watching this, I I would love a 22, 23, 24-year-old guy in Hollywood who's smart and reads books, not some dumb-dumb, works out. I would hire him to like help me with my social media and take him on shows. I mean, what a great fucking job if you're 23 years old. You just got out of school to fucking work with me. You get to go to shows. There's beautiful girls. You get to fucking hang out. I would love that. It's just hard finding that. True. Very true. Oh, my God. I don't know if I ever told the story on air. I did one uh, male review roadie gig. Wow. I worked for Evan Stone, Tommy Gunn, and Mr. Marcus. Okay. When they were doing... Kings of Porn in Vegas. It's part of the Hustler Club. I remember that. That was such a weird gig. Why? Okay. Well, There's nothing but fucking girls in the audience. Well, one, it was kind of dead. Two, yeah. Tommy wa- wanted to hire... Well, none of them are male dancers. Uh, Tommy was a Chippendale dancer. Oh, he was. I think Evan was a dancer at one point, too. Okay. But the thing about it was, Evan didn't think they needed a roadie. Tommy wanted me there. I don't know what Marcus's opinion was, but I get there and both Tommy and Marcus aren't there. It's just Evan. The one person who's like, we don't need a roadie. Rough. So I am literally sitting in the corner with a Polaroid and a bunch of their DVDs just twiddling my thumbs. Like, cool. This is the best gig ever. You need to tag along with me to one of my gigs. Hey, if you're paying. And there's drunk Mexican girls. I don't care about that. I'm... When I'm working, I'm there to get paid. That's true. God bless. All the girls I've worked for over the years, I've never tried to fuck a client because I'm here to make money. Yeah. You tried once. Not once. Oh, I'd have tried once. No. No. I'm, I'm here to get paid. Yeah. It actually, in one situation, probably worked to my detriment because she, I had a client who definitely hired me because she was into me. It's like, oh, if you wanted to fuck, we should have made another arrangement. When I'm your employee, I'm not trying to fuck you. Once that money goes into my hand, we're down for whatever. No, no, because even when I do parties, like girls are just like, "Oh my god, you want to do some blow? You want to smoke some pot?" I'm like, "Yeah, oh for sure." Hey, um, can you grab Atlanta for me real quick? Okay, and what's her name comes. Hey, what's up, babe? Hey, are you having fun? Are you gonna hang out with us? We're gonna go in the jacuzzi. Yeah, no, that sounds super fun. Hey, um, do you have that? Do you have that two hundred? Oh yeah, yeah. Let me go get it. Okay, I'll roll with you. See, the difference there... I got to get paid. The difference there is I'm trying to get more work from this client. Mm-hmm. And the minute my dick mm-hmm. comes out, at that point, often people are like, well, I don't need to pay you anymore. Yeah. We're I fucking. T- yeah. You're right. You got to get that money. Right. I'm not just thinking about the gig now. I'm thinking about the next gig. Because this person's going to get hired again. This person's going to feature again. This yep. person's going to go to other fucking conventions. I'm trying to keep a consistent source of revenue. Yeah. The minute I'm fucking you and we're in some sort of thing, I'm never getting paid again. Yep. And your pussy doesn't pay my bills. Nope. 
if it, you want to hook up, cool. We need to have that conversation, and I need to not be working for you. It's just how it works. But yeah, that gig at King of Porn was super awkward. Well, that sucks that you had your one male review experience and it was a shit show. Oh, and the best part is I went to like get a drink and the bartender gave me a penis straw. Dude, come on. So you sucked out of a penis straw? No, I'm like, give me a fucking real straw, motherfucker. I'm not sucking out of a penis straw. Stop. You're comfortable enough with your sexuality that you should have put that penis in your mouth and sucked those fucking alcoholic beverages down your throat. Relax, tough guy. Oh, no, it's not a tough guy thing. I just want a real fucking straw. I don't want to be the butt of the bartender's joke. It's not me being uncomfortable with my sexuality. It's like, oh, you're funny. Ha ha. Now I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with the idea of seeing you suck out of a penis straw. We need to make this happen. Okay. Let's fire up a camera and get a penis straw. I don't give a fuck. If you're laughing with me, I'm all for it. Yeah. I'm all about doing funny shit. If we're laughing together or you're laughing. But, oh, you're going to make fun of the poor roadie who's been sitting in the corner yeah. all night? That's always been my bet, too. I don't mind people laughing with me. And I don't even, in a sense, mind them laughing at me. But if it's in a malicious way, I'm out. Right, exactly. That was malicious. Yeah. Like, oh, I know you've been sitting in the corner all night with these people's merch and no one's buying shit. You want one Jack and Coke? Here's your penis straw. You ever go to Vegas uh, lately? Uh, it's been about a year and a half. I'm thinking about going out there... Um, they have this place called Olympic Gardens where they have male dancers. So I've thought about going and like seeing what's up. I want to meet like a like a like a fifty year old like multi million dollar milf. You know any of those Slayer? If I did, I wouldn't be doing the show. I'd be fucking the inner pussy right now. Right? I am a horrible gold digger. I would, like, yo, what does it need to please you? I need I need to find me one of those. You and me both. I am definitely down to marry up. There's nothing wrong with it. Where do we go? Where do we do? How does this work? I don't I've know. I've thought about like, you know, just kind of like hanging out in Beverly Hills or Bel Air, but I don't know. I get bored on my own. It's not going to work. And I don't have that one friend. See, that, that's what I've always been missing is I have a lot of young heterosexual friends, too wild, too uncouth, and I have a lot of older, refined homosexual friends. But they got to know abroad. Yeah, not really. They're very established and that's not their agenda. They still got to know abroad. They're running some circles. <sighs> Gay world's so different. It's so accessible. You know, it's easy to find a beautiful person to hook up with on one of these apps. In the straight world, not so much. Oh, I know. If you're some beautiful 50-year-old MILF who's got millions of dollars, you're not on fucking cougar.com or you're not scrolling Tinder Probably not. No. Probably just hanging out at some bar somewhere. Yeah. Just got to go to some classy lounges. I need to start doing that. That's part of the new agenda. You know, but back in the days when I moved here, I was in a defensive mode. Most of the time I lived in LA, I was like defense first, counter jab. And uh, it never really got me where I needed. Like I was doing pretty good. I've, I've probably had more success than 99% of people who moved here. But 99% of people who move here, you've never heard of. So it's not the biggest compliment in the world. But to get in that 1%, you got to let your fists fly. You got to let your hands go. You got to take chances. So my new thing was after I uh, got my DUI and I almost killed myself and I said, wait a minute, fuck this. I need to write a book about my life. I need to start 
All the things that I've been hiding and been embarrassed of, I need to bring them to the forefront because those are the things that make me an interesting person. Those are the things that make me dynamic. From now on, it's like that Jim Carrey movie, Yes Man. I'm just going to start saying yes to things. So I started that about six months ago. It's been wild. That's fucking amazing. I want to backtrack a little bit. Did you literally try to kill yourself or are we talking figuratively here? I was in the dumps, dude. I was in the fucking dumps. I never like slashed my wrist, but I mean, I contemplated suicide probably every day. I, I still contemplate it. I think it sucks when people don't talk about that kind of stuff. Well, you're not finishing it inside enough people. That's why. You love blowing loads and broads, huh? I think you're it's part obsessed. of life. No, I there's nothing better. There's nothing better. And it's funny because I dated a girl and we would do um, anal and then I would like be able to finally kind of be careless because I didn't have to worry about getting her pregnant and I have to worry about all that. And I remember blowing those loads and it was liberating. It let is. me tell you. But I didn't mean to derail you with my bullshit. Because theory. when I would try to come with another girl, let's say we're not using a condom, but even if she's on the pill, I'm like super weird and I have to pull out. So I'm going, 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 going. I'm going 90. And then right at that last moment when I'm about to come, I like hit the brakes back to 40. And then I like pull out and blow a load. So to be able to just, instead of doing that, to just put my fucking pedal to the metal and push that throttle all the way down, that was orgasmic. It's pretty good. It was incredible. But as I said, I didn't mean to derail you with my bullshit humor. You were making a serious point about, you know, you were in a dark place. Yeah. I've been in, I, I, you know, I've always been like a real emotional person. I, I'm, I'm a loner. I kind of keep, I tend to keep to myself. So when you do that, you know, I've never been like a guy's guy. I remember growing up like the boys, man, we're hanging out with the boys. You know, I never was really like that. I had my boys and stuff, but I was always kind of the guy that liked to do my own thing. I had my friends, but I, I usually found a lady kind of, you know, I hung out with a lady a lot. I like to hang out with a lady a lot. So. Um, I keep to myself a lot and, and I'm, I'm a writer by nature. So I'm a very like uh introspective person and I, I take things and I hold on to them and I fucking overanalyze them and I pin, I, you know, I just pick at them and I, I get too critical of things. So when I got my DUI and I crashed my car and all this bad stuff happening, I went to like a really dark place, really dark place. And some people think like when you're in a dark place that like, oh, you have to be like eating bad and shooting meth and not sleeping. No, I was still working out. I was still performing all the things that I, the the medial tasks that I needed to perform. But I was in a fucking dark place, dude. Like I wouldn't leave my apartment. I didn't really hang out with people. I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time. Like it, people see me now and they're like, oh, cool. Like you're, you're so proactive but it was but it took me getting out of that because there was a good year there where i didn't i didn't do much like i was just really in the dumps and i was very um insecure i had a lot of issues and i was very like upset with myself for making these mistakes and not being the successful person that i saw myself as and uh it sucks because i know a lot of people go through that and i know i've been through it So, um, one thing I didn't do was I didn't lash out on social media, which is what I see a lot of my peers doing. I just internalized it and I kept it all inside for better or worse. But for me, I think it was for better 
Because I notice a lot of people when they're frustrated that they don't have the voice that they think they have, they start trying to like send these kind of convoluted messages through social media. But when I see it, because I recognize kind of that mental like um, deficiency, I, I know what it is when I see it, when I see my friends doing it. And I know that it's not as cathartic as they think it is. I know that it's kind of like, you think you're doing a good thing by posting these fucking stupid like proverbs and these like weird positive messages, but I can see that you're hurting and this is not a way to like exfoliate it. So you're, you're fucking yourself, dude. Like posting quotes from the Lion King isn't going to make you happy, bro. Akuna Matata. <laughs> Akuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase. Happiness is very subjective, but it is just throwing shit out into the ether. I don't, Really know who that would make happy. You are a good person, and you will be validated in the end. It's like no, you oh, won't. Thanks, bro, for the fucking positive meme. For fuck's sake, you won't. No, most of the time, no. Good people don't get what they want. The world doesn't work that way. Karma, even though I kind of believe it, spiritually, physically, it doesn't really exist. Some of the biggest scumbags in the world go on to become. <laughs> Billionaires and presidents. Often the bigger scumbag is more successful. Yeah. Because they're willing to fucking step on people and do whatever they fucking need to do to make shit happen. The world doesn't give a fuck about you. Doesn't give a fuck about any of us. No, it doesn't. As it, but once I realized that it shouldn't... See, that was the difference was I was having a hard time dealing with the fact that the world didn't care about me. That's what was getting me depressed. Because well, I moved here. I remember telling my sister before I moved to L.A., like, yeah, I'll give it about six months, and then I, I think I'm the next Jean-Claude Van Damme. You and a hundred other dudes. Yep. And I went to a casting for, like, Svetka Vodka, and they were looking for me. Like, six feet, full head of hair, handsome, nice smile, attractive, charismatic, movie star. I'm like, yeah, I got this, right? Fuck yeah. And I went, and there were, like, 80 people there. All eight, all seventy nine of those motherfuckers. One guy looked like me, but he was he had green eyes. One guy looked like me, but he had a bigger nose. One guy looked like me, but he had a smaller nose. One guy looked like me, but he was Greek. One guy looked like me, but he was blonde. And so I thought, huh? Everybody, you could have cast any of these motherfuckers. So I go in the room. They take a fucking Polaroid of me, no talent. And he goes, the casting director is like looking at his phone. He looks up. He's like, yeah. So why should we pick you? And I remember thinking, why should you pick me? You could pick any of those fucking 79 other guys in the room. It doesn't matter. This is a fucking ad where you're going to fucking Photoshop the fuck out of me and just holding a bottle. We're not doing anything that involves talent or voices or acting. Why the fuck should you pick me? And I remember leaving that fucking audition like, damn. See, the way you should have aced that audition is... Why should you just pull out Svetka Vodka and just start chugging it? Like, because I love your product. Now, if I had a Dirk Diggler sized penis, I'd have been like, because I'm packing heat. Blah. Yeah, but if he was an insecure heterosexual casting director, he'd be like, nope. No. You got to go with the funny. You got to go like, I'm just chugging vodka in this. Yep. Uh. That's wild. And that's why you're Slayer and I'm not. No one's cast. Well, people do cast me for things. I was like, no one cast me in shit. I'm like, oh, actually, they do. Never mind. You'd be like a great stoner at a party or something. Like, 
The last you remind th- me of one of those characters from like uh, uh, Van Wilder and all. <laughs> the last thing I was casting, I played a sushi patron in a porno. The director, I think, was not did not appreciate how much I was chewing the scenery by the end. She's like, "Well, we need to get some B roll on it." Do a shot of sake, and I I took the shot. I. <laughs> Well, is this for Blair, for Gamma, or what? No, it's uh, for Caden Cross. For uh, I don't even know who she nice. should for these days, but I like I took the the shot. I was overselling it. Oh, too much! She's Stop. Like, she's like, oh, uh, the the whiskey bird. Okay, yeah, okay. this isn't West Hollywood Queen. Okay, put the f- f- no need for the theatrics. Hey, you brought me for the acting. I'm bringing the acting. But yeah, man. I mean, it, it, listen. It's been going good. I'm, I'm. I said. I started saying yes to things, and you know what's funny? It doesn't happen as fast as you think. But when I started saying yes to things, yes to like promoting myself on Instagram, yes to embracing all of my uh, gay fans on Facebook, yes to like posting pictures of myself half nude with my cock out, things started happening. Now they're not happening at the speed in which I would like them to. They never do. They never do. But when I started saying yes to things, opportunities started coming out. And the thing about it is, if it started happening at the speed that you think that you want, it might be fucking overwhelming. Oh, I'd be Justin Bieber. I'd be fucking getting arrested with, you know, girls in my house or something. I don't know. There's worse ways to get arrested. Yeah. But it's been interesting because for a long time, I always kind of had these like inhibitions that I wouldn't let go. And now, you know, OnlyFans is coming. I'm not saying I would be male talent and like a, a, you know, a straight up porn, but like, I like my cock. And you want other people to like your cock too. Yeah. Other people do like my cock. I've been sending fucking text messages and, and Instagram messengers for, you know, for Venmo, for Venmo cash for years. Why not take it mainstream? Bring it to the masses. Why not? I posted a picture on my Facebook the other day of my feet and said, should I do an OnlyFans? And I had 500 and something likes and like a, over 100 comments of people being like, fuck yes. Oh, show the camera your feet. Apparently they're nice. <laughs> they're. I'm not paying. I know. You know, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got a guy that sends me 40 bucks every time I send him a picture of my fucking feet. That hey, I'm just trying feet. to sell the Mimeo version. You know, it's funny is I always took care of my feet because when I was growing up, my dad uh, was in the military. And, and uh, one time I remember running out into the street barefoot. My dad goes, what the fuck are you doing? Go put some fucking shoes on. You want ugly feet? You want feet that look like mine? I yeah. have horrible calluses. Do you have, what do you mean, on the bottom of your feet? Oh, yeah. Why? Do you walk around barefoot a lot? I used to. Also, you know, metalhead kid in the 90s wore combat boots everywhere. Uh, My feet are so calloused, I could probably stick a knife in the bottom of them and not feel it. I remember one time I was uh, hanging out with this dude who I went to the gym with, this older black dude. And we were hanging out. He's smoking a cigarette. And he goes, he takes the fucking cigarette. And he had calluses on his hands. He goes like this, and he puts the cigarette out on this fucking callus. It was crazy. I thought, oh, my God. Now, I have I have pretty deep calluses on my hands, but like oh, that's why you don't like jerking off. Uh, you know what's rough. funny? I've never jerked off with my right hand. Me neither. I've been jerking off for twenty years. I've never jerked off with my right hand. It's too rough. Isn't that weird? I'm right-handed. Me too. Well, I need the gentle it's, touch. Not only do I have I not jerked off with my right hand, it sounds barbaric. 
It sounds grotesque. My left hand, romantic and sweet. Oh, my cock gets hard when I know my left hand's coming. But if I had to switch to my right hand, monster. I've just never been successful. I mean, I've tried my right. It's just, it, Are you left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. Isn't that weird? It's it's just too rough. It's like too much force. Yeah, it's like a dude's blowing your cock, you know? Now, the left hand is like sweet and supple and nice, you know? It's like, hey. Oh, it's just- like a, be- a beautiful erotic goddess, you know? Pleasing me. It still, unfortunately, has very big man hands, but eh. Some of the best nuts I ever had were self-induced. Definitely. Yeah. Nobody loves me like I love me. Yeah, I know how to hit the spots, bro. That's why I never want a hand job. I never want a hand job. You're never going to do it as well as I do. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the hand job either. Like, no. I mean, if you want to stroke my dick to put it inside you, cool. Although I dated this one girl once. She had like a lot of issues. It was weird because I thought when I saw her, I found her on Instagram. Young girl, blonde. Probably very young, like 22. She had like big lips and she always portrayed herself like I thought she was going to get into porn. So I would message, uh, I messaged her like, hey, we should fucking, you know, link up and do an OnlyFans, you know? I'd love to watch you suck my cock. Um, so we hung out and she wasn't anything like her, her portrayal on social media. She's very uptight, kind of weird, a non-experienced sexual person. So... I'd always try to fuck her and she, she didn't really want to do it or something. I don't know what was going on. And then like she would give me head, but it wasn't, she, she wasn't very good at it. And I probably should have been like, Hey, let's watch a porn together. Have you ever seen this one? And like put on, cause I have a couple saved, like an, I have like a hidden folder. If you come over, you don't see it, but I have like a hidden folder of like, you know, my go-tos. So I should have been like, Hey, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just play it. But I didn't. So her head wasn't the best. And then, um, you know, she'd spend the night, so I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to ejaculate once before bed and then once in the morning. That's like a pretty standard thing. Definitely. Right? 100%. Yeah. So, you know, she'd, she'd give me head at night or whatever, like that or whatever, and I'd kind of like work my way into coming. I'd kind of like, she wasn't very good at it, but I kind of maybe put my hand on the back of her head and just kind of start humping her or something, and then I could I could get there. But in the morning, she didn't really feel like it. God bless, you know, she probably had morning breath. But she would give me hand jobs. And they would, you know, it was kind of, you know, listen, it wasn't the best thing in the world, but I had fun with it. See, I would rather you play with yourself in front of me and me jerk myself off than you give me a hand job. Yeah. But she wasn't like liberated like that. Like that would have been fun if she just kind of got up and started just fingering herself. And I have, because, you know, uh, one of the things I've done is I've done, I've I've been in a lot of sex toy advertisements. That's like one of my main jobs. I do all the Cal Exotics brand. Back in the day, I answered an ad on one of those casting websites for Christian Grey, and I look kind of like the guy in the book Fifty Shades of Grey. He's about my size, my height, my age. He's a pussy though, but like um, in the book, he's like a fucking pussy pushover. Um, and he never fucking rails the girl. It's like weird. I don't know. He's like, Oh, I love you so much. And he doesn't like just stuff her brains out. I'm like, if you love her so much, you'd stuff her brains out. You wouldn't 100%. Yeah. You wouldn't play these fucking lame games where you watch like You would maybe tie her up or play with her cunt for a little bit. But after a while you'd stuff her brains out and he never like stuffed her brains out. So 
I did the ads for them. So I've done like a lot of sex toy ads. If you go to one of those sex shops, you'll like see a poster of me or whatever. Anyways, I forgot where I was going with this. But anyway, so I... I you were just humble bragging about all your sex toys. So I've done a lot of sex toy stuff. So uh, I, I have like a... I have... Oh, so companies will send me stuff. So I have like rabbits and fucking uh, uh, cock pumps and uh, lubes and... Um, Dude, I've got a lot of weird. I have nipple clamps. I have electric electrocuting nipple clamps. I have uh, fake pussies. I have like this, bro. I have this one thing somebody sent me. It's this big. It's like six inches tall. Maybe let's say a foot tall, but it's an entire female body. Okay, so from vagina to tits, and then you're supposed to fuck it. But I'm like, this is so weird because you're fucking a one foot long vagina to tit. So it's like this. So the you know it's like this big, and I'm fuck. So it's like I'm fucking a mini, 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 mini person or something. I don't get it. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, right. I just rather have Maybe the uh, the cock sock thing or whatever. You jerk yourself off with the what do they call that thing? Flashlight. Flashlight. This was weird. So I, I get all kinds of stuff like that. So I've been giving stuff like that. So if a girl comes over, I'll be like, "Hey, you want a vibrator?" You know. I mean, I. I get that sort of shit in gift bags all the time. I give them away to guests all the time. I would love if I could date a girl that would be like, listen, and this morning, I'm not going to fuck with you, but I'm going to fuck myself with this vibrator on the other side of the room, and you can only watch me and jerk off. I would love that. Try to hear with your load? No. I keep it respectful. Hey, I'm just showing my level of affection that you caused a load that I could hit you with. That's respectful. If we've had sex the night before, I'm not hitting her with my load. That first load is the load that can do distance. After that... It's a new day. It is the first load. That's true. I wake up with a fucking massive heart on every day. Well, good on you. Yeah. I did jerk off today, this morning, because I, like I said, I had relations last night. But usually... I don't jerk off. I, I keep that power. It's like Goku. I keep I harness that chi and I, I use it in the day and then at night I jerk off unless I'm going to be home or I'm going to be writing because if not, I get stir crazy and I start to waste time on social media seeking, you know, looking as they call it. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. But as I said, man, you got you to gotta make sure it's a good balance. You can't get cancer on me. That's not cool. Gotta fight the prostate cancer. Have you started having doctors stick fingers up your ass? No, I'm not quite that old. Okay, me neither. I mean, to be fair, I did have a colonoscopy in like oh. 04, which is just a, such a weird... 04? Yeah. What the fuck? I was having some gnarly bowel movements. Ah. I was shitting blood. I was like... Eh. Whoa, bro. I shit blood. We gotta figure out something. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what... We gotta talk. Well, and, I am such a dumb dude at times. Like, I shat blood for like a couple weeks before I went to a doctor. I'm the opposite. One time I had a pimple on my pubic hairs. I don't know why, like an ingrown hair. And I was like, oh, fuck. I got herpes. And I went to my doctor and I was like, what is this? He's like, no, you're good. It's an ingrown hair. And I said, well, let's just be safe. He's like, no, you're straight. Don't worry about it, bro. Like, we'll see you later. Let's do all the tests. He's like, really? Like, trust me. Please, uh, something's wrong. I'm like super fucking weird about stuff like that. Yeah, I'm such a dumb dude. Like, so I prefer getting head. Fair enough. It's safe. Ish. 
Stop. People can get gonorrhea in the back of their throat. They can. Get off Google. I'm not worried about it. I blow in people. That's true. You are fucking balls to the wall. I I respect it. I'm Listen, a dumb motherfucker. God bless. I wish I was that frivolous with my cum. I'm here to share. I'm a, I'm a giving person. Yeah. I'm here to give that cum. I'm contained. Here to give that cum. I want to share it with the world. I have a friend like that. Big fucking stack motherfucker. Probably a nine inch dick. Looks like a fucking Viking. And he always has sex with girls and blows loads in them. I'm looking at him like, bro, you look like you're meant to procreate. This is a debt. You're gonna every time I talk to him because he, he moved, I'll text him, I'll go, Did you get a girl pregnant yet? Are you married yet? <laughs> you stuffing those girls with your nine inch cock, blowing loads in them. It's only a matter of time. See, I'm I'm not meant to procreate. I'm just meant to have a good time. Yeah. You don't want my genetics. Smoke weed. It lowers your sperm count. That's the... That's the. I'll be useless to everyone if I smoke weed. Really? I, I have no THC tolerance. It, I'll just be... What happens to you? I pass the fuck out. I had a girlfriend like that. I thought she, she was so hot. Everything about her was so fun. She loved to party. But I like to smoke weed. So anytime she'd smoke a little weed... Because to me, when I smoke weed, my dick gets hard and I'm wide awake. It's like the biggest aphrodisiac. I've been a partier my whole life, and most of the time people are like, hey, man, what's your drug of choice? Angel dust, acid, coke? I'm like, mm, I like to smoke weed. Like, weed is my biggest deterrent because if I'm around a bunch of people and they're doing drugs and I'm like, does anyone have any weed? Yeah, I have weed. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to fuck with this. It's like, but I would say 75% of the sex I've ever had in my life, I was under the influence of marijuana. There are worse things in the world. It's great. It's a stimulant. It's fun. But I did date a girl once who every time I'd, she'd smoke a little weed, she'd fall asleep. And there I was. My dick's throbbing hard. She's asleep. You know? Nothing you can do. Not really. I mean, I, I've talked her into it a few times, but to me, it's not really fun fucking a corpse. Fuck no. I'm not a necrophiliac. I, I like to have sex with a live, able-bodied person who's reciprocating the, you know... Oh, so, I, I like to have sex with people who do most of the work. Oh, you're one of those. Not really, but it was funny to say. Yeah. So I would just be sitting there. I, there was a few, even a few times where that girl that I dated would like fall asleep in my bed. There she was, lingerie, passed out, and I'm over there in the other room jerking off to porn. What a joke. What a fucking joke. That's fucking miserable. That's pretty pathetic, bro. When See, you blow your load, ugh. you're just looking at yourself like, God, what does it come to? See, this is why I know where I'm at with THC. A buddy of mine gave me an edible while we were in Columbia, and we lost the whole fucking night. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't get off the couch. There is an old episode where uh, comedian Chris Cope was on. He gave me an edible without me knowing it. What do you mean? He gave you like a gummy and you thought it was a fucking gummy? Uh, it was a chocolate-covered espresso bean. And he's like, here, eat this. We were sitting out on the porch, as we do before the show. Yeah. We were waiting on cruise. This is old enough that Cruz was still on the show. He's like, hey, you want an espresso bean? I'm like, yeah, I could do some caffeine. Because chocolate-covered espresso beans are fucking rad. They're creamy and delicious. I pop it, and first hour of the show goes off without a hitch. About an hour into the show, I'm just... I'm fucking wobbling. I'm staring at the lamp behind him. He's like, dude, are you okay? Hey, bro, I need to keep this ship going, man. I'm like, oh, I'm fucked up. He's like, 
You know those were Medicaid. Like, no. Yeah, that's why you don't fuck with those edibles. I don't like edibles. When I first moved to LA, one of the first jobs I have is I did like overnight security at this like ritzy place. And there was a guy, I'll never forget it, because I smoked weed. And the guy I was working with was this young Mexican kid named uh, Diego. He smoked weed too, you know? We'd smoke weed together at the fucking job. We'd smoke blunts and shit. So this guy who's leaving, this little nerdy white kid named Bobby's leaving his shift. And we come in for the night shift. And he's like, hey, you guys want some of this Keeve bar? It's called a Keeve bar. Whatever the fuck that is. It's like a little tiny fucking bar. And we're like, well, nah. He's like, well, there's weed in it. I'm like... All right, well, we'll both have some. You know, we, we smoke a blunt every night. He's like, cool. And he breaks off this little piece and he gives one to him and he gives one to me. And we're like, dude, what the fuck is this? Like one little square. He's like, trust me, this is going to get you fucked up. And we're looking at each other like, bro, we smoked a blunt to the head last night. Like, we're good. He's like, trust me. So we eat the bar. He leaves. Usually my friend Diego, I would be in the booth and my friend Diego was like the, the scout. He would go around. Dude, we ate this fucking thing. We got so fucked up that for the next six hours, we were in this little room together. Both of us were scared to leave it. And we were watching like old episodes of Dragon Ball Z till like four in the morning because we were, and we we text him and we're like, what's going on? Why, what's happening? We're we're so fucked up. He's like, I told you this, it's potent. And both me and Diego, who we've been smoking blunts, we've been doing this stuff for since we were kids. We looked at each other like, never again. What a fucking mess. Who would do this to themselves? This much of a fucking thing can get you that fucked up? I don't fuck with edibles. I need to see how much weed I'm physically smoking. Because with edibles, I can't control it. I don't know how potent the thing is. Yeah, it's fucking some crazy fucking 1,400 milligrams or some shit. Yeah, it was like one of those. And your body metabolizes it differently when you fucking eat it. Yep. And yeah, that's the thing. You smoke it, you're like, oh, dude. One time I did get kind of peer pressured uh smoking with my buddies because i used to smoke a lot more weed when i was younger and now i'm I'm a very light smoker i'm a consistent smoker but i'm a light smoker you know i have my own apartment so i you know i smoke weed very delicately throughout the day or whatever so i got peer pressured into smoking a joint hanging out with some guys who were in the music business guys i wanted to befriend and i i had a little moment a couple of years ago where i was like oh and my and i remember my friend was like um chastising me he's like What's wrong with you? Why are you being weird? Like he was kind of fucking with me, you know? And I, I was embarrassed because I was like, this is embarrassing. He's like, you're embarrassing me. You're, you're 30 years old. Act like a man. I'm like, ah. Uh, so I had to go into the other room and like be alone, you know? I was having a breakdown. But other than that, but even that time, like I ate some bread. I got cool. Within an hour, I was fine. But the, when you ingest it, it doesn't go away. Like that shit stays with you for hours. Oh, yeah. It is your new best friend. You ever had those gummies? I mean, I've had gummies. Weed gummies? Yeah. Like what we had in Colombia, what my buddy smuggled into the country of Colombia. Nope. Sounds like that movie. I forget what it was called, but Claire Danes is in it where they go to like Thailand and like someone puts drugs in their thing and then they're coming back and they get thrown into a prison in a third world country. Um, good. Hey, this was on my buddy. I wasn't traveling. What the fuck were you doing in Colombia? Getting weird. Really? Oh, I try to do one international trip a year. Cool. That's that's ballsy. Colombia was rad. Was it? I liked Bogota quite a bit. Mm. But he brought gummies down. He's like, I, t- I, I test drove them back in the States. These aren't that bad. We ate them. Lost a fucking night because I was just like on the couch like, 
yeah, we should go somewhere and just out and then wake up. We should go somewhere. Now, that's where you should have found some of that sweet Colombian cocaine and balanced yourself out. Yeah, we probably could have. Actually, we were readily offered cocaine a couple times, but I'm not about fucking with anyone who offers me drugs randomly on the street. Mm. That never leads to anything good. Well, you know the saying, when in Rome. Well, I just, so you can get coca leaves, unprocessed coca leaves, just retail. They're legal. Really? Yep. What do you do with them? You chew them. Mmm. So, chewed a bunch of coca leaves, drank a bunch of coca tea. Did you? Yep. Fun. Yeah. Coca tea is perfectly legal. Really? How was that? It was like black tea, but it's an upper. (laughs) Like, restaurants serve it. Restaurants serve coca tea. I need to go to Colombia. It is dirt cheap to get there and dirt cheap once you're in country. Will I get abducted and then being held for ransom, possibly annually gang raped? No. Okay. Cool. Because that was always my biggest fear. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is like a micro kidnapping. So instead of actually kidnapping people these days, what they do is they'll kidnap you and then drive you to ATMs so your cards don't put out money anymore and then let you go. Sounds horrific, but like as long as I get to go home at the end of the night, cool. I also had zero problems. I spent a couple days in country by myself. Zero problems. Fucking fine dining for $20 a head. Hmm. It's good times. I've always loved Latin women. (sighs) Mm, Colombian women are beautiful. No, it was a good time. You can get an Airbnb for like 15 bucks a night. Does anyone ever tell you you look like the guy who directed Lord of the Rings? Really? What's his name? You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. He also directed Bad Taste, Meet the Feebles, Dead Alive. King Kong. Yeah, King Kong. No one's ever said that before? No. Never. <laughs> I don't I'm, a huge, a- I'm a huge Lord of the Rings Hobbit fan. I never looked like a guy from New Zealand. I fucking love him. I forget his name right now. I'm blanking on his name, but I'm a big fan of his. Why can I not remember this? I watch those movies Alcohol. And shit. Yeah. I, I want to say his name is um, Peter Jackson. That's his name. That is his name. Yeah. No one's ever said you look like Peter Jackson? No one has ever accused me of looking like Peter Jackson. <laughs> I definitely need to go to the fucking gym because Peter Jackson is fucking fast. Wait. Hold on. Stop. He might be a little thick-boned. But I would not consider Peter Jackson fat. Oh, Peter Jackson's fat. Wait. Go Peter Jackson 2018. If you're going to Google. Don't fuck with me. Are you kidding? Those movies made me move to LA. When I watched Lord of the Rings in high school, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm moving to LA. I'm going to pursue my dreams. Lord of the Rings was a huge movie in my life. It sounds goofy now. I get it. Yeah, it's a fantasy movie. You said I look like that dude. Hey, that's his Wikipedia page, all right? That was in 2014. That's what he looked like five years ago. Listen, that's a... You're, wow, you're saying I look fucking bad. Ouch. Holy shit. Hold on a minute. That is probably the worst insult I've heard <laughs> on this fucking show. I mean, I've had some guests insult me, but jeez. Hang on a minute. That's a hero of mine you're talking about, all right? He's still an, unattra- He's still an unattractive hero. He had his good moments, buddy. Not in recent memory. But do people tell you that you sound like Seth Rogen? That happens. Yeah. 
That does happen. I think they're just putting like a uh, Jewy dude with a beard. <laughs> like Jewy dude with a beard. Yeah, I'm Seth Rogen. Are you Jewish? Yeah, of course. I work it's in porn. Of course I'm Jewish. A lot of Jewish people work in porn? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a ton of us. Really? Oh, yeah. Are you going to like, uh, do you go to a uh, temple? No, I'm not a good Jew. I'm a really, really bad Jew. I'm going to make some bacon as soon as you walk out the door. Bro, we should go to Temple and network with these, with your folk. I'm a super bad Jew. John Stewart, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill. Well, I'm an entertainment Jew. Like What's that I'm, fucking guy who did 40-Year-Old Virgin? Apatow? Yeah. Judd Apatow. Where do all those guys go? I don't think I want to hang out with those fucking guys. I don't, think I don't think Apatow's Jewish. No, he has to be. Stop. He married a Jew. That chick. Leslie, Leslie. Mann? Yeah. Uh, no. I don't know if Apatow's Jewish. Huh. I, I really don't think Apatow's Jewish. Well, listen, buddy. It's either that or Scientology. It's 2020 and we need to get in the game. So pick and choose. Are we hanging out with Tom Cruise and doing God knows what? Or are we fucking smoking weed with Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow? I'm down with that, but I'm just not. I don't think I would tell the Jew. Because if we end up going to the Scientology thing, you're going to. Oh, I'm wrong. His no, family was Jewish, but non-religious. Okay, but he's part of the crew. He's a member of the tribe. He's like a fucking OG of that whole thing. Well, fuck. Apatow's a Jew too. Cool, yeah. Brad. Adam Sandler, Evan Goldberg. Adam well, yeah, they're obviously all those fucking Evan guys. Goldberg. Yeah, obviously a Jew. <laughs> yeah. Obviously a Jew. You well, listen, a name like Evan Goldberg. Do you ever think about getting into Scientology? No, fuck no. Why? I don't have that kind of money. Look at you, you judgmental piece of shit. I don't have the money to make it in that religion. Cost cash, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's pay to play. I don't like pay to play. Me neither. I've always been able to talk my way into getting off without having to pay. Well, don't be in Scientology then. Don't join Scientology. They're all about taking your monies. There's a Scientology building right where I live, and I'll always go to the coffee shop to write, and then I walk by it. Beautiful fucking building. Inside's immaculate. Massive. Hundreds of square feet. Nobody's fucking in there. Ever. Ever in there. No, How are all, they making any money? They're all on Hollywood Boulevard getting tourists to sign But I'm up. saying the overhead on this place is 5K a month. Do you know how many buildings but they have? But what are they doing to recuperate that 5K? I've they're never getting seen it from a fucking sale. members. They're getting it from fucking members. But I've never seen anybody in the fucking building. You don't got to be in the building to write a check. That's true. They get it from their fucking members. Uh, Leah Remedy did a fucking documentary on this shit. It was fucking crazy. I need to watch that. You I should. I it's love watching nuts. weird fucking shit on the internet when I'm fucked up. It is super fucking weird. And holy shit. Like I, I watch a lot of like weird shit. Like I watch those Ted Bundy documentaries and I watched uh just weird fucking shit. Like I watched um the show called Mindhunter on Netflix about like serial killers and stuff. I go to some dark places, bro. There's nothing wrong with that. It ain't all sunshine and rainbows over here, all right? This isn't fucking Oz. This is this LA. Is like, this is more like Oz, the HBO show with the, the ass fucking... Oh, dude, I got a story. When I was a kid, I used to stay up because my my uh, my dad worked a lot. My mom was like, uh, she worked too, so she would go to bed. And we had this TV, so I'd go up there and we had HBO. I used to watch Oz on HBO. It was about a male prison. 
Holy fuck. I don't think one other show, I can't think of one other show that affected me as a child more than that show. Show's dark as fuck. Fuck. I was super excited to randomly, on my 30th birthday, went out to a bar in Chicago and randomly, Dean Winters was in the bar. Right? Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, <laughs> he was kind of smooth back then, too. Yeah. Did shots with Ryan O'Reilly on my 30th birthday. It was hilarious. Because I'm running him in the bar. I'm like, what the fuck? Because he was in Chicago for the Allstate commercials. Yeah, I remember. That's the only thing I've ever seen him in is those Allstate commercials. But on the show, he was cool. And I'm like, oh, shit, Dean Winters. Dude, Ryan O'Reilly is my favorite character. His response was like, yeah, mine too. Wow. <laughs> Motherfucker. Did shots. I'm like, well, this made my 30th birthday. Cool. That's pretty cool. Just like randomly. In, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he was in the bar I was at to try to score Coke. But hey, whatever. He looked like a Coke head. It was a very dirty punk rock bar. Why else would Dean Winters be in a very dirty punk rock bar in Chicago? I remember there was this one scene in one of those episodes where they had this one gang guy where they were trying to kill him. They didn't want to kill him outright, so they would crush glass, microscopic, and then put it in his yams at dinner. So he ate it for a few days, and then all of a sudden, on like the fifth or sixth day, he's like, oh, oh, and he starts like bleeding out of his stomach. But he didn't know. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember just thinking, I'm never going to jail. I cannot go to jail. I would not survive in jail. Yeah, Oz was pretty good scaring people straight. Fuck yeah, it was. Show was fucked up. Another show I used to watch was Tales from the Strip, or Tales from the Crypt. That's kind of the basis on on how I got my name for my book, because I love that show. Because I love the Crypt Keeper. He was my favorite part of the show. You've seen Demon Knight, right? The movie? Was that the Tales from the uh, Crypt movie? I have. It's been a long time, though. Billy fucking Zane. Is that the one with Corey Feldman at the beginning and he gets like bit by or gets killed? I think so. Oh, is it? Okay. I think so. Billy Zane's in that? Oh, yeah. He's the villain. It's been a while. It has been a long time. But I loved how they had like tits and murder and drugs and. Oh, it was great. Fuck yeah. They don't have shows like that anymore. Name a show. That has tits and murder? Name a gangster ass show right now. Have you watched Euphoria yet? Everyone's telling me to watch that. It is pretty fucked up. It's like kids for the millennials. I should check that out, huh? You should. I've been enjoying it. It's super fucked up. Okay. I had a friend tell me about it, but I was like, yeah, you're a bitch. I don't know if I'm going to like it. I've been enjoying it. Bunch of millennials smoking pot. Crying about their life, but I guess it's not. It's more than that. Oh, it's a lot more than that. A lot more. It's it's pretty fucked up. I mean, a lot of it's like, as an adult looking at, it, like, man, you are stupid children. Yeah, my friend was like, dude, it's fucking crazy. They show a hard cock. They did. That was his thing. He's like, they show a hard cock, and I thought, okay. They show a hard cock putting a condom on to about to have sex with an underage trans girl. I heard that. Did you ever see that movie called Shame with Michael Fassbender? No. Okay, that's the kind of porn I like. He's like, he shows his cock, he's fucking girls in it and stuff, but it's done in a way that like, that motherfucker's still a movie star. I'll have to give it a watch. Shame. Shame? He plays like a sex addict. I'd love to get a role like that. Wouldn't we all? How do, how do I do that? 
Get a better agent. You know, I've had agents in the past, and they always got me shit. The best opportunities I ever got were the ones I found myself. Well, as I said, get a better agent. Yeah. Get me shame. I want to show my cock on camera, but I don't want it to be just some fucking bullshit. Let's build it it up. It has to be artistic, motherfucker. Yeah, let's build this shit up. But, Andy, before we build this shit up, it's actually about that time. We're going to call it last call on this motherfucker. We've been going over two hours already. Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. It doesn't feel like it. Well, that is the magic of the internet. Yeah. And I had a few drinks. You don't say. I floated. So where can we find you on the socials? Where can we find your fucking amazing book? Tales from the Strip is a narrative nonfiction that's in the likeness of shows like American Gigolo, the movie, Sex in the City, The Dirt, Showgirls, Magic Mike. Uh, it's a really an interesting view on not just a, a male dancer. I think people get caught up on the fact that I'm a male stripper, but really what it's about, it's about a young person finding themselves. It's a journey of self-discovery in L.A., in the sex industry. It's fun. It's adventurous. It's dangerous because I read a lot of books about people that worked in like the porn industry or as a showgirl, and I found them incredibly insightful. But my book's a little different. Because I'm actually going places and I'm stripping and it's, it's like a fight, you know? It's almost like reading a book about a fighter. Like, it's, it's action-packed, dude. There's thrilling adventures. There's fucking kamikazes and, and there's uh, Yakuza members and there's gangsters and, and, you know, there's harlots and there's all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's a really fun, fast kind of uh, erection-type read. And it's available on Amazon. It's available on barnesandnoble.com. It's available on Google. I narrated myself and did the Audible version that's available on iTunes, Audible, as far as as well as audiobooks. Um, and it's great. The audio version's so awesome. I've already released the two first chapters on YouTube um, because I did voiceovers. And I went all out, dude. I fucked around. So Tales from the Strip, it's an awesome adventure. It's uh, available on Amazon right now. It's getting rave reviews. Um, you can also follow my blog. I post new, uh, chapters because I wanted to write a follow-up because some of the best adventures are the ones that have happened in the last year and a half since I wrote the book. Um, but I said, you know what, as, as rather than waiting to write a book and then releasing it, I'll release each chapter as it comes and then I'll conglomerate them and put them out in a book, maybe with a few unpublished chapters. So that's talesfromthestrip.blog. You can check out, I have three cha- I have three new stories on there that are probably like three of my best stories, and they're for free on there with all kinds of other material. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Annie the Gypsy. That's my stripper name. And uh, yeah, man, we're having a great time. And I really want to say thanks for bringing me on. I'm pretty drunk and I'm um, having a great time. Fuck yeah. We'll definitely do this again. And until that time, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter. Matt F. and Slayer on Facebook. Matt Slayer on Instagram. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter. And Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. Yep. Yeah.